I just said, you know what? Let's just try it all again tomorrow. Let's just go that route. And that's cool. So that's where we are today. So apologies for what happened yesterday. If you really want to know, if you're that interested in it, we had a bit of an internet outage, but it was confusing internet outage because not everything was out. Only, you know, the things that we need to power our show. Which is weird. It's almost like we were sabotaged. Someone suggests that given my the disparaging comments about the Shania Twain oh, concert that Shania perhaps Twain had something to do with something, it. Or yeah. someone from the Shania Twain army might have had something to do with it. <laughs> the Twain the, army? The Twain army. I don't know if they have... Like, what are the, the Swifties or what Taylor Swift people? I did go in on Taylor Swift yesterday, too, so maybe it was... What were you going in on Taylor Swift for? During the show that we did, I was going on. Were you not here? Uh, what is go- what is wrong with what you? What talk about Taylor Swift? Oh, oh yeah, that's right. She, she yeah, that you don't like her folk, uh, her her new music. <sighs> yeah, yeah. Boy, right. you I, you told me to forget everything that happened yesterday. No, I told everybody else. Well, I didn't tell anybody to forget it. I just said you're never gonna hear it. But you were here, so maybe it was one of them that came after us and attacked us from just immediately. Commentary. I don't know, man. But it, that was what happened, and we thought we might have had a fix because it started working. I did say in the little mini show that we did, nothing changed. It just started working again. And that was concerning to me. It made me think, we don't really know what the problem is, and it's going to be a problem again. And I was pathetic in that situation as it became a problem again very quickly. So we're hoping, we believe, we have reason to believe it is fixed. And you guys deserve better than that. So we apologize profusely. And as a gift to you, We've done basically 30 extra minutes of show every day for the year. So you've more than made up for the two hours that you lost yesterday. And I, by the way, a lot of people tell me we should only be doing one hour a day anyway. So, you know, I don't know. People say that. Oh, all, I mean, it's like people that know what they're talking about in this industry oh. are like, what, in what world do you think people have room for two-hour podcasts every day? I'm like, well, they do. I, I don't. So you might be on to something. We'll see. Uh, I have, that's been an idea that's been floated around a bit. We will see how it plays out. But uh, the bummer was, too, we had a good Would You Rather Wednesday yesterday. We yeah, got a lot yeah. of responses on Would You Rather Wednesday yesterday. So a lot of – and by the way, they started out really well, and then they – as the day continued on. You know what I noticed is happening? Early on, the people that respond to Would You Rather Wednesday are, are our regulars. And then they, other people see their responses and just don't get it. That's a Lebetard thing, right? He's like, you, do you get the show, right? Isn't mm-hmm. that one of the, something they say down there? I, I'm sorry. I know everybody tells me I would love the Lebetard show. I just don't. Like, I, I'm old manish. There's no more room for me to take in more content at this point. But everybody tells me that's a show that I would enjoy. And I do know that his saying is like, do you get the show? And the people that respond first are largely the people that are, are with us. They're, they're one, of, one of us. One of us. They're one of us. <laughs> And as the day goes on, everybody else starts chiming in. And then they stink. They don't get it. They don't understand. It's a game. But it's nice to them to try. Mike, no, it's not. It's not? The number of people yesterday were like, well, that's too much to pay for. Shut up! (laughs) If it was easy, it wouldn't be a good would you rather. I'm trying to remember what they were yesterday. Oh, it was, um, would you rather pay a a big price? For three years of control of Dylan Cease. So I think I made it mm. or- you said tr- Ortiz, Mayo, and more for Cease or a singular prospect for Giolito as a rental. And 
as much as that's a heavy price for Dylan Cease and as much as I'm concerned about the pr- – there's look, dude, the walk numbers are, are absolutely out of control with Dylan Cease. You got to figure that out. I can live with the home runs. You got to figure out the walks. You got to do something. I mean, the point – this all stemmed from the conversation with Keith Law the other day where he's like, dude, you have to do something. That problem looks even even more significant after last night. You have to do something. And I'm kind of with it. There's a tax you have to pay because of that. You just can't hold on to everybody forever and not have the type of pitching that you need. It's not going to work. So there's only so many guys that are – that's the other part of the problem. There's only so many guys that are available. I would love it to be someone that's having a dynamite year this year. That would be awesome. But I don't know if that guy is going to be available. Even Corbin Burns is not having a dynamite year this year. He doesn't walk guys like Dylan Cease does, but he's not having a great year. So I don't I don't know. And I obviously as pointed out by a few people, the White Sox defense stinks. Worst in baseball. Mm. So that does factor into some of the issues that uh, Dylan Cease is dealing with. But I think I would still have to say Dylan Cease over paying any sort of legitimate price for a rental. Uh I'm with you on that, I think. Uh, yeah. th- there's n- I like Giolito a lot, but yeah, I mean like we could Cease is a Side young runner up, like there's mm-hmm. something there, like they and the Orioles can work yeah, with so him. They've shown that they can, that you can get yeah. it out of him, and yeah. I understand that thought process. Obviously, I guess but there's was, really well, no there's no precedent of that, so maybe that that makes yeah. Sense. I mean they they haven't been the ones to to, to fix Jake Arrieta. They haven't been the one it's, to fix. It's, it seems like Kevin Gosman. They haven't the, been the one. Yeah, it's normally the other way around. Yeah, yes. they, even the Alex Cobbs as yes. soon as they leave the Wade Miley as soon as they leave they. So the number two was oh ironic after you saw what happened in Oakland last night. Would you? Oh boy, now it's a really good question. Yeah. Although Domingo uh, Herman's a, a piece of s. Yeah, what a piece I of know. s, Domingo. Like, There's God. nothing that's. Uh, number two was: Would you rather go to every Shania Twain concert for the rest of the summer, or go watch every Oakland A's baseball game? I mean, this is it's too easy for me because I'm such a baseball nerd. I think, and I would go to the A's game every day. So no, no matter what, uh, the argument against like they're playing is, the Royals every day. Yeah, you, that, that, and that's <laughs> I, I have no idea what's wrong with you if that's something that you would sign up for. But as the point was made by a few people, like they do get to play good teams sometimes, right. and so you get to see some good players sometimes. And last night you would have gotten to see a perfect game, <laughs> just from a giant piece of s. So I don't know how I feel about that. And then number three was oh yeah, my n- number three was was the one that I was kind of most proud of. So I don't know if you saw, but NASA is saying they can now turn like ninety percent of human pee and sweat mm. into drinkable water. So it was, would you rather, you need a job. It was, <laughs> by the way, the funniest one was, please somebody hire our friend John Proctor. I mean, please, because Proctor, uh, he's in the market for a new job okay. at this point. And his response to this question was, are either of them still available? So would you rather, you need a job. They both pay the same amount. There's only two jobs left in the world. <laughs> one of them is being a test, a taste tester for NASA and their pee water. <laughs> and two is being a part of the next crew to go down and try to take a submersible to the Titanic. Oh man, I guess yeah. I, I I you know, I guess I enjoy life, so I'll I'll okay, just Okay, but there's pee. no like by the way, this every other time they took the submersible down to the Titanic, nobody died. This is the only time anybody died. Uh yeah, there's no there's what am I going to see down there? I I don't know, but you're I, not going to have to drink pee water. Well, again, unless you get Yeah, stuck but I could, and I could also die though. You could, but anyway, the moral is to probably won't kill me. Probably. We had a fun Would You Rather Wednesday yesterday. If you didn't get in, I'm sorry, 24 hours are over. 
And we got plenty of, so we don't need. I do actually pick the winner after the show. Oh, for F's sake, Griffin. We say 24 hours. Well, we, we like go through responses. All right, Griffin's, tell- Griffin's telling you you've got, you've got a couple more minutes. So yeah. I don't like that, but that's what it is. If you want to get in, you can win. Uh, a shirt of your choosing from Birdland Sports. Appreciate them making Would You Rather Wednesday possible. Sorry we weren't able to do it yesterday because we weren't on. Um, also, sorry that Keegan Aiken had to go into the game last I mean, night. So, yeah, the Orioles lose two out of three to the Reds. And that one last night, that one to me is a bit of a stinger because it it's the antithesis of what the Orioles have typically done all season long, which was whenever they're on the cusp of, like, the really concerning loss – they always seem to figure out a way to win the game. You all right over there? Yeah, is it the haze? Is it the, the maybe, smoke being back? Sure. Great. Just in time for the 4th of July. Awesome. Perfect air quality for us to be going out and hanging out this weekend. I mean, Love that. Cleared up by the next week last time. Okay, well, I mean, if you're the expert, you tell me I'm exactly not, when not, this I'm is going to go away again. Thank you. So the Orioles, they, they're staring down defeat. Everything about last night is just wonky as hell. Kyle Gibson gives up three runs in the first inning. You're like, oh, no. But you bounce back with four. Holy crap, everything's fine. And then he gives up three more in the second inning. And then, oddly, your offense goes to sleep. Just says, we're going to take the second through seventh innings off. No thanks. Want to work a little bit less these days. Work smarter, not harder. You know, that's the whole thing. So it's looking bleak, looking really bleak. Two outs in the eighth inning, you're down by three, and all of a sudden, Jordan Westberg, who's had, what, five hits since he's gotten called up? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, five for 12. He gets things going, and then, of all people, the guy who we were starting to wonder if maybe he was even going to have a roster spot, Adam Frazier comes through with this stunning, dramatic... Game-tying home run in the eighth inning, and man, life is good again. I, and that's the Orioles this season. What, what happened in the eighth inning, and then I'll add in what happened at the top of the ninth, that's the Orioles. Whenever it looks like it's about to fall apart, they've somehow figured out a way to pull through. Ninth inning, Ellie De La Cruz gets on, just cheap infield single. He's the fastest man alive, so it's not surprising Problem being, all of a sudden, Adley Rutschman can't throw anybody out. Don't know what that's all about. I know some of it's on the pitchers, but I'm no longer at the place where I'm forgiving it. There and is a the problem The Reds are there. really good. I understand that's true, team. too, but the throws are not yeah. – they're not competitive. It's, it's an adventure. I'm not – I know there's a word that you're not supposed to say that starts with Y and ends with S and isn't yes, but, like, I'm starting to wonder, man. The throws aren't good. And you can say that maybe it's in his head because it's taking forever for the pitchers to get the ball there, and mm-hmm. then you compound it. But I'm surprised they even bothered with the bunt. They just didn't have De La Cruz steal third, too. As uh, they were pointed out on the bar broadcast, why not a safety squeeze to try to get him home when anything's going wrong? Like, it was just a bizarre. So runners on first and third, nobody out. Fastest man on the face of the planet's on third base. A pop, pop of the shortstop. <sighs> He's the fast kid alive. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah, it's a great point. All you got to do is get a nice infield fly, and you probably have a tie game. Right, you probably have the Reds back in the lead. And yet, here's Felix Batista dramatically working his way through it. Now, this is when I I end up doing the second-guessing thing. And I had some good conversation with folks about this last night. 
the thing that jumps out at me the most is that they immediately went to Keegan Aiken for the 10th. Now, again, we all know the circumstances. Because you were trying to win a game the night before where you didn't score a run, compounded by the rain this week that forced, you know, like a short start from Cole Irvin. Not that I thought that Cole Irvin was dominant on Monday, but, you know, he did settle in a little bit and probably could have given you some innings. So that requires you to use Zimmerman. Not that you would have wanted to go to Zimmerman necessarily in the 10th inning last night either, but let's just put it all on the table. You had, you had taxed your bullpen this week. Oddly, you hadn't really made roster moves reflecting the fact that you had taxed your bullpen. That's strange. Not that there's anybody else that you feel comfortable with. I know a lot of people last night were clamoring for Nick Vespi. Mm-hmm. Brian Baker was... Well, Brian Baker, you had just used, yeah. you know, like, the, the, I, Brian Baker was not available. I understand that. Did he pitch Monday? I guess he did. Yeah, you had pitched okay. him back-to-back game. Okay. Right, like, right. Brian Baker was not available. I... CNL Perez, not that we have any faith in him, but CNL Perez was not available. I understood the issues that were facing them in part because they went for it trying to win the game because it was a close game on Tuesday and it didn't work out. In hindsight, that's regrettable, right? Like in hindsight, you'd say, boy, I really wish we would have just kind of punted on the night where we couldn't score any runs and have had better options available on the nights, the night where we were scoring runs to go try to win. So, here you are. You had to use your bullpen because Kyle Gibson can't give you innings. And they were even trying to put, like, Kyle Gibson gave up six runs and they were still trying to stick it out with him. Just get anything out of Kyle Gibson. We got to talk about the Kyle Gibson thing. It's, it's been a little messy of late. N- not as advertised. So, this has been a little bit more Jordan Lyles-ish. Without, like, Jordan Lyles, you just say you're going to, pitch seven innings even if you get to give up six runs that's the way it's going to go so here you are could you have again i'm stunned that you didn't make a roster move just to have some other arm available given your limitations but they are hell-bent on not giving up on cnl perez they're hell-bent on it they won't dfa cnl perez we all know there have been moments where cnl perez has looked really good but do we know that he's a quality major league pitcher? No. So could they have sent Zimmerman back down last night because they had used him? I thought that's what we all thought they were going to do after Monday night. Or I certainly thought they would do that after Monday night. Like, hey, man, thanks for the effort, but you got to go. I was talking with our buddy Luke Jackson, editor of Pressbox, and he said, well, maybe they're starting to get worried about one of the new rules. When, remember when we talked yesterday about how – people don't understand the option concept Mm -hmm. that you still only have five options within a season. It's a newer rule that they've implemented within baseball. You can only option a guy five times within a season and then you have to DFA him. Well, I I don't know who you're afraid of DFAing. Also, I'm, I don't like, if you're nervous about losing Bruce Zimmerman, what are we doing here? And I, I like Bruce. He's a great guy. He's a local kid. You root for him. I, I am not anti-Bruce Zimmerman. I don't even remember what the number is for this season, and I don't know if that's on roster resource. So I don't know how many times he's been optioned this year in order to start worrying about that five number. I would think it's probably been twice so far that he's been optioned. I, I'm not so concerned about the possibility of Bruce Zimmerman getting to five. And even if he does... 
I'm not that concerned about losing Bruce Zimmerman. I, I can't be. How could I be? So I would begin with, I think it's a mistake that they didn't make a roster move to reflect the overtaxing of the bullpen. Let's start with that so you had a better option. But two, I am not of the belief that 22 pitches is the cutoff that you couldn't put Felix Batista back out there for the 10th inning either. And when you're inheriting a runner on second base, I would think you'd rather have a strikeout pitcher on the mound than, you know, Keegan Aiken. Now, I do get it. The first batter up, I can't remember who it was, was a lefty in the top of the 10th. So you're hoping that you have a favorable lefty-lefty matchup there. You can get an out and avoid a scenario. I mean, I I think it was Benson. It was Will Benson. Benson is exactly who it was. That's exactly who it was. Um, and he hit a triple. Correct. Other people were pointing out, like, shouldn't you have had McKenna out there at that point? It's a tie game. You're not taking Anthony Santander out of the – like, you're not doing that in a tie game. That's insanity. And that ball was crushed. Like, could mm. Ryan McKenna have got – it's not like Anthony Santander was wildly out of – he tried to make a play on it. He didn't make the play. The ball was crushed. I don't think that Ryan McKenna is making the difference, but also it's absurd to think that you're taking Anthony Santander out of a tie game. That's bat-ass bonkers. I don't think you should be taking him out of one-run games. So at 22 pitches, and I get it, he had to pitch in heat in the top of the ninth inning. I understand that. Fired it up to 103, which is bonkers. And maybe Felix Batista came back in and said, dude, I'd empty the tank. There's, I don't got anything more. But Felix Batista didn't pitch on Monday. He didn't pitch on Tuesday. He's not pitching tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Maybe he'll be needed. I hope he's needed on Friday. Actually, I hope they win 10 nothing and he's not needed on Friday. We have no idea if Felix Batista is going to be needed on Friday or Saturday or Sunday. It is odd to me that at 22 pitches, they said, we can't put him back out there. Again, short of Felix Batista saying, I can't go back out there. I get it. He's never thrown more than 32 pitches. This season, he hasn't thrown more than 31. He was clearly going to surpass that number. And it's possible that you would put him in a position where he would surpass that number by a good bit. I don't have the correct answer here. I would say, you run him back out there, If he can get a six-pitch strikeout to start the inning, you give him at least another batter, see where he is. I I understand that you can't risk getting Felix Batista hurt because, my God, he's the only... I don't know, at the moment, Coulomb, you're feeling pretty strongly about. But it's a limited number of guys that you're feeling strongly about in the bullpen. And actually, Bauman pitched really well again last night. Added that into what he did in the 10th inning the other day, which was just absurd what he did in the 10th inning on Saturday. Bauman's back on the – it's been strong. On the, on the, uh, the A bullpen. I, oh, uh, he was, I think, always part of the yeah. A bullpen for this team, but I think right now he's your third most reliable reliever. Like, I think it's Batista, Coulomb, Bauman, then Cano at this point. Think, yeah, yeah. Which is odd because Cano will probably end up being an all-star just because he got all the attention right. for the hot start. But right now I'd say he's your fourth most reliable reliever. And that's you – know, it's a power ranking that can – could do a reliever meter. <laughs> like, could do a power ranking at the moment of the guys that you trust the most in the Orioles bullpen, and that would be one, two, three, four, and Baker five probably yeah. after that. Like, 
I mean, I, it's really what I'm saying is it's four. Like, it's four guys that I trust. And even Cano, it's, it's shakier every moment. Um, but, but that all being said, I, I'm putting him back out there with a runner on second base and trying for one more inning to see if I can get that out of him. And if it starts to go south in any way, then I'm, I'm going and getting him. But to say 22 pitches is the cutoff, I can't put him back out there? These games all matter, dude. And you can say, hey, it's the Reds. It's not a division game. It's not, you know, like, you can say whatever you want. There's not going to be a tiebreaker that comes into play with the Reds. Like, I understand that. But the games all matter. You're trying to win for nine innings. To wave the white flag and throw Keegan Aiken out there for the 10th. I had somebody that was trying to tweet with me, oh, Aiken until last week had a pretty good ERA. I mean... I, I, wasn't he at six entering yesterday? Well, yes, because or he had was... two disastrous appearances in the last week. Like, it's it's a twofold problem. One, you're reflecting on he had a terrible ERA for most of the season, then he had a good stretch of four appearances in obviously very low-leverage situations. He had a four... Mm-hmm. A four, a four appearance stretch in early June. Like I was already down to three six six. Right, like, yeah. and so you'd say, well, you know, that's not so bad. But even then, his WHIP, even at his best, even in the midst of the best stretch of his season, his WHIP was like one four three. He's not been good at all. There's no defending. Keegan Aiken is a white. There, there's the, the good news is you don't have to DS. Everybody last night was like, well, DFA Keegan Aiken. I'm like, you don't have to. He's, you can just option him unless he's at five, and I don't think he is. No. Or, like, I mean, like, I, again. He's been, he's been here all season. Yeah. I thought he had got optioned at one point. I thought he did. But, yeah, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Um, you don't have to DFA him. They can just send him back down. Like, they, they have options still on Keegan Aiken. But he's not good. Like, what are we doing here? There's no defending it. There's no... They did option him once, yes. But I, the only argument yeah. is, while you don't have Austin Voth, he's supposed to be your long man. Well... Zimmerman's here. Or, I mean, I... But, you know, yeah, like... like, it's... You can just have a different long man every day at this point. I mean, like... At this point, maybe Grayson Rodriguez should be your long man. Like, I, this is the bigger problem. The bigger problem is, you're putting bad pitchers out in these situations. So, I... I think the conversation is warranted about you're going to have games that you're going to need to win this season, and I don't think the answer can just be, well, we can't throw Felix Batista past 22 pitches. I understand. I'm not suggesting he should have thrown 50. I'm not saying put him in there until his arm falls off. I'm saying that last night, uniquely, in a game that you were trying to win, and when you were feeding off the emotions, if he was physically capable of doing it, I would have at least put him back out there. And let's see. And again, if he loses the first batter and it's an eight-pitch walk, I get it. You're going to say, well, what are you going to do then? Put Keegan Aiken in with two runners on base? I understand the problem. I fully get it. But I'm going to fire the best bullet in my gun. This goes back to the game that I was talking about a couple weeks ago where... You know, you're not, for whatever reason, you're not using, and they did last night, to be two nights ago, to be clear, and they it didn't work out for them, but I'm always going to fire the best bullets in my gun. I got an off day tomorrow. I, I what you haven't, you haven't used the guy at all this week. He hasn't pitched since Sunday. I can't panic about 
you know, what if everything goes wrong? I just can't assume that that's going to be what plays out there. But ultimately, they put in Aiken, everything falls apart, like a dog's eye view song, and the Orioles lose 11-7 to in 10 innings last night. It's not, I mean, the Reds are a, a, a good baseball team. They've been hot. There's nothing embarrassing about losing two out, but losing a series at home always stinks. And as we keep talking about, now you're right back to flirting with after the first 50 games where you were absurd, you're you're essentially a 500 team. That's what the Orioles are for a prolonged period now. They're a 500 team. Now, it doesn't mean they get to get, they don't have to give back what happened in those first 50 games. 33 and 17 is nuts. You'll always get to keep that and it will always have significant benefit. If you can just be about a 500 team, as we talked about, you're probably going to be in pretty good shape to get in. Not guaranteed. A lot of good teams in the American League. I think a lot of us thought it was the AL East and everybody else, and that has not proved to be the case. I mean, the AL Central stinks, obviously. But there's enough good teams in the West that it's there's going to be a dogfight for getting these playoff spots. And as long as you're treading water you're going to feel okay, but it allows for someone else to get hot. All those teams happen to be in the National League of late, like the Giants and the Braves and the Reds, but it allows for someone else to get hot, and suddenly that thing that you've got that you feel pretty good about where you're like, dude, we're, we're in great shape. All of a sudden, somebody wins 11 out of 13, and you're not in as great of shape as you thought you were if you're continuing to just tread water. I don't want to make it seem like I'm panicked. They are five games up in the wild card race. They're not getting closer to Tampa. They're only three games back in the loss column. But, you know, just playing 500 ball kind of feels like going through the motions. And that's the bummer to me. Like, that this week, when they when they won three straight games... You had that feeling of maybe with Cedric Mullins back, they're getting closer to being the Orioles that we saw in the first 50 games. And then they turn around and lose two more games, and you sort of say, right, you're seeing all the problems again. They don't have enough innings. You're you're in the situation. You're putting Keegan Aiken out there with the game on the line because you don't have enough innings. You only have four starters, and the guy that's supposed to be your innings guy hasn't been getting you those innings lately. He's been hit or miss. Your best pitcher is a guy that gives up a lot of home runs and is going to have an innings problem. There's a lot of shakiness there. Is it possible we, like, I mean, they're going to make a move. They have to, right, pitching-wise? You keep saying that. Like, is it possible that they don't do anything? Is and- it po- it, anything is possible, right? Like, any... <laughs> I I I think the real question is, is it possible they decide that the starting pitching market is too rich for their blood, and to them the answer is bullpen fortification? And I think that's definitely not wrong definitely not the wrong way to go. I to say it's not the wrong way to go, I think it's only not the wrong way to go if you're willing to start considering piggybacking. Like at yeah. some point, if you're if you are open to openers, no pun intended, if you're willing to start reconsidering ways to skin the cat, then maybe you could make that argument. Just build the strongest bullpen that you can 
you're not going to win the World Series, but that that can be what makes the difference. But that also is, like, can you pry away, uh, was it Joe Kelly for, um, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm making this up, is Joe Kelly a free agent at the end of the season? I feel like I saw that at some point, that he was a guy that would be available because, you know, what are they going to do with him anyway? Uh, Joe Kelly is, he signed a two-year deal with the White Sox. When was that? Okay, it's he's, yeah, he's got a club option at the end of this year. A club option. For 2024, yeah. Well, that's interesting because mm-hmm. then he's not, they don't have to deal him. But I, I think if you're the White Sox right now, it's very hard to squint and feel like you're going to have a chance in 2024 either. But I, maybe they do, and that would make things a bit more complicated in trying to pull off that deal. Like, I'm, I'm trying to figure out, are there guys that could be available that are pending free agents that you could just get for a bag of balls, that you could get for next to nothing? And if there are, then the Orioles might say, we're going to make next to nothing trades, fortify our bullpen, because we didn't like what the starting pitch, and I'm just, again, I'm spitballing. We didn't like the price of the starting pitching market. It didn't work for us, but we saw a bunch of innings that were available by trying to upgrade our bullpen. Is that good enough? Probably not. It depends on what you, good enough for what? There is something to be said for, well, hey, if you're not going to win the World Series anyway, what are you doing here? And it's why I keep coming back to, I'm only trading for starting pitching that's controllable beyond this year. I'm not... I love Lucas Giolito, but I don't think Lucas Giolito is winning you a World Series. Trevor May on Oakland, he is a free agent at the end of the year. But so. You could probably have, and I don't even know what Trevor May is, because Lord knows I have not watched any of the Oakland Athletics this season. What, what, how's he doing this I year? mean, he's their closer. I mean, you know, there's not many not many situations for him. I, I would I think, think he's got like a three-something ERA. I would think they'd be looking for someone that could be a four to five, five, six-out guy. Like, when you're trying to skin, solve this innings problem, if you're doing it via your bullpen, you're getting middle relievers that you feel very strongly about. Now, they might still think that Dylan Tate and Michael Givens can be part of this solution. It's more difficult for us to feel that way, if not damn near impossible, to feel that way, but they might still think that that's part of the solving this problem. And at some point, Grayson Rodriguez has to be pitching in the major league level in some capacity. He had a great start last night. Pull up his numbers from last night. He did have a great start last night. I I, I assume at this point the DL Hall has perished, and that's sad. I I just I can't even include his name in this conversation, but. I I have I have so little knowledge of what's happening there that I I can't even talk about it. And John Means we think is going to be back in the mix at some point. He was throwing a ball. He was playing catch this week. That's good. Six innings, one run, eight strikeouts. He had he walked one batter, allowed four hits. So five five runners yes. in six innings. He did hit a batter as well. Six yeah. six. So it's a one yeah. a, a whip of one even. Yeah, well, because hit better, hit better doesn't affect his whip, though. Oh, right, because yeah, it just yeah. walks and hits. But it should, though. That's right. they, they, <laughs> they really ought to. Uh, honest to God, that's that's an anomaly. They should probably fix that. Uh, the, like, the one run was a home run. The one earned run was a home run. And okay, he had two runs total. I can kind of live with yeah. that. I don't know what the circumstances would be for the second right. one. But he had a good start. He had a good start last night. What are his what are his AAA-specific numbers now? AAA-specific. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah, the month of June... Um, two two that, two is two that, ERA. Is he only pitched in June at Triple yeah. A? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Uh, two 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 ERA over how many? Twenty eight. How many starts? How many starts? 
Five starts. Five starts. 20 in the third innings. So he's not working deep, but some of that might be that by design. Right. He's going six innings every start. He's going exactly six every start except for one where he went four and a third, which okay. was last weekend or yeah, last Thursday. That was, that was the goofy Wednesday. one. Right. Yeah. Um, and he's got 39 strikeouts in those 28. And how third. many walks? Because there was the one start where he gave up a ton of walks. Yeah. In his first start, he gave up five walks, and then he's had 12 total. So he gave up so seven, seven walks over four, five four, starts. Over four, the four. Last so four he's starts. made five total starts. Yes. So he's had seven walks over his last four four starts. In that one where he went four and a third, he walked three. So. I mean, it's not overwhelming. It's not, you know, unhittable. But it's enough that I would say enough. Mm-hmm. Enough. Enough. Get him here. Let's go. What are we doing? What the hell is the thought process? That's where I would be with this. Uh, Orioles are off tonight, then they're back in action starting on Friday as they welcome the Twins for their final home series of the first half of the season. Uh, the update yesterday was that Adley Rutschman was trailing Jonah Heim 52-48% to 48% in the second round of All-Star voting. As a few Orioles fans have pointed out, Jonah Heim's having a better season yes. than Adley Rutschman is. Now, why why that matters to an Orioles fan, why you wouldn't still be trying to like that's the weird part about pointing that out is like I can understand why I would point that out. Like it's you know my job, like an Orioles fan on Twitter being like Jonah Heim's been better. Okay, <laughs> what does that have to do with anything? <laughs> now to the point that I, I mean I, I this is a weird bit. It doesn't really matter. Oh, it matters. No, it doesn't in any way. None of this matters. Adley Rutschman's gonna be an All Star. This doesn't matter. This is just about I want to feel pretty. Like, I do kind of want to see him not make it so that Jim Palmer can make that call to Dusty Baker and be like, what the heck, man? He said, he said <laughs> okay. that on, what did he say okay. that last night, I think, sure. or the other night. You go, you go right for it. Um, like Jim Palmer's going to fight Dusty I, Baker. We, we, we so badly want to feel pretty. I am so – I don't even watch the All-Star game anymore. Like, you can't get me to. It's not a thing. So I, I don't care in the slightest. I, I would just as well they name like a mid-season team and then move on. I actually think that, honest to God, I think that like my, my disinterest in the All-Star game kind of started with when we started paying more attention to the first half. Like, I, it's, it's funny to me that we do, we name All-Stars and we pretend like All-Stars matter when it's, it's not a, a season. Correct. Yeah. Like, we go back, we look back on the history, and we say, so-and-so was a five-time All-Star. And we're like, well, wait a second. Did they have five seasons that were really worthy of being All-Stars? And then, you know, we do it the flip side. Adley Rutschman, for the totality of last season, probably should have been an All-Star. It's it's just goofy to me that we make this a thing that actually matters. And once upon a time, we were not so, like, I don't know how long ago this is. Certainly in in my... It, it continued this way until my young adulthood. Where everybody wasn't... like The fights weren't about who's got the best stats of the first half. It was just, this is a TV show. Let's have the most famous baseball players play in this TV show. In in hindsight, like we talk about Cal Ripken as having been a... 17 times? I mean, I mean, I don't... Now I gotta even do the math on that. 17 or 18 time. I don't remember. 18 or 17 time All-Star. But if like if the scrutiny of the perform what was it? 19. 19. 19 so he made 82 as well. Oh no, sorry. I did my math wrong cuz it was 01 was his final season. I screwed that up. I I should have gotten that right. That's shameful. 
Um, my bad. My bad. Because every year, 83 to uh, 2001, he didn't miss an All-Star game. Yeah. So, like, but if there had been such scrutiny of the numbers back then, he I, I, he wouldn't have missed, you know, half of them, but he would have missed five or six of those. The, but they, the point was, it was a television show. You wanted the most famous baseball players, the guys that everybody knew, to be involved with the television show. So stuff the ballot for those guys instead of scrutinizing who's having the best start to the season. When you do that, you end up with scenarios where guys who aren't really good baseball players just happen to have a good two and a half months, and you say, congratulations, you're an all-star now. And then by the end of the year, they stink. I miss those days. That was kind of what made the All-Star Game cool is it was just all of the most famous, yeah. most well-known baseball players. Like, Manny Machado won't be an All-Star this year. And I get it. He's not been very good to start the season. But we know Manny Machado is one of the best players in all of baseball. We know he's one of the most well-known players in all of baseball. And it's good for baseball that the famous players are out there in a showcase event. I'm not... It's not worth it. I'm not really trying to fight a fight. I'm not. I don't care. I don't care about the All Star Game, but it, it it's something goofy about how much we reward two two and a half months of playing good baseball, and that all of the baseball afterwards, which most people would say is the most important baseball, we have no reward for. We don't do like I think somebody attempted to start like an all MLB team. But we don't have, like, and, NFL does All-Pro. Right. We don't have that. We talk about All-Star. When we refer to a player at the end of their career, we say they were a six-time All-Star. They were a ten-time All-Star. Half the season. It's the goofiest thing, man. It's so goofy. All right, I'm sorry. No, the old not, man yelling a cloud. No, I mean, that's, that, that's it's, a... It's very, of all your points, that's a pretty fair one. I, it's an overly fair one. It's just irrelevant. <laughs> Tonight, uh, we'll find out if Adley Rutschman can overcome Jonah Heim. If not, he'll be an all-star anyway. All right, when we come back in, our greatest American champion, Joey Jaws Chestnut, scheduled to join us next Tuesday, the famous 4th of July hot dog eating contest up in uh, Coney Island. Today's show brought to you by PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. Go right there right now and get $150 in bonus bets from DraftKings after placing your first $5 bet. See that and other great sportsbook offers. PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Hey, O's fans. The Birdland Summer Music Series presented by Miller Lite continues at Oreo Park at Camden Yards on Friday, June 30th with DJ Diesel, a.k.a. Shaquille O'Neal. After the Orioles take on the Minnesota Twins at 7.05, stay postgame to watch DJ Diesel live from the infield. The concert is open to all fans who attend the game with the option to ask special on-field access for just $35. You can get up close and experience the biggest DJ in the world live at Camden Yards. Get your tickets at Orioles.com music. Your summer destination is closer than you think at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. With an expansive gaming floor and incredible dining options ready for you to explore, your adventure awaits. Dine at the new Coho Korean Barbecue House coming in July or on the patio at the Prime Rib. Enjoy the summertime breeze at Orchid Smoking Patio. Limited time packages starting at $229. What are you waiting for? Book now. At Arundel Mills, must be 21. Please play responsibly for help. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call one 800 gambler all electronic tolling is here to stay in maryland and driveeasymd.com helps you cruise a little easier we're maryland's tolling resource home to easy pass pay by plate and video tolling it's never been easier to pay your way driveeasymd.com will keep you moving 
The Orioles are off and running out to prove that last season wasn't a fluke and they are one of the best teams in baseball. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, host of the Bat Around for Press Box. Tune in every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon as Zach Goodman and I break down every Adley bomb, every Tony Tater, and every save from the mountain. Like a warm hug from Rutschman, the Bat Around has you covered with all things Orioles as we embark on what's sure to be a magical summer in Birdland. So tune in every Saturday for the best in Orioles coverage right here on the Bat Around. Another exciting weekend of affordable family fun at Prince George's Stadium with the Bowie Bay Sox. It's our Independence Weekend celebration starting on Friday the 30th with our Pride Night. A special ticket package gets you a Bay Sox rainbow hat. And then July 1st through 3rd, major fireworks shows each and every night with a special jersey auction on sale. Get your tickets now by calling 301-805-6000 or anytime online at baysox.com. The Bowie Bay Sox, let us be your nine-inning vacation. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Costas Inn has been serving up delicious steamed crabs for over 50 years. Lately, the crabs you want to eat when the weather warms up have gotten harder and harder to get. So get your crab-eating game plan in place. Make sure to stick this number on your fridge, 410-477-1975. Call ahead and reserve the size crabs you want. You may be able to walk in, but you may also be disappointed at the size or maybe even get shut out altogether. So call ahead, have a plan, and then arrive on your crab-eating vacation. Costas also has delicious crab soup and crab cakes. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard. For more than 50 years, they've been satisfying crab lovers in and around Baltimore. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches. And top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. If you need more of Glenn, you can also hear him every Sunday with Rita on 105.7 The Fan. But also, if you need more of Glenn, um, what's wrong with you? If you missed it earlier in the week, Stan the Fan Charles, Luke Jackson, Ross Grimsley all got together to talk a little baseball. Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. Click on the videos tab. Go to YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline or PressBoxOnline.com slash video in order to see it. And coming up a little bit later on today, Stan is going to be joined by Bill Ordeen for a chat with Jay Cornegay, the odds maker for Superbook. That will be tonight, 7 o'clock. Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports is where you'll be able to watch it. And if you miss it there, again, those same locations tomorrow, YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline or PressBoxOnline.com slash video. Um, coming up still today, we are scheduled to be joined by Jesse Bernhardt from out in San Diego with Team USA Lacrosse. They beat Israel handedly in the quarterfinals last night. They're on to the semifinals tonight at the World Championship, so they take on Australia. Uh, we'll make a trip to Bowie, chat with Alex Pham, and we continue our 40th anniversary celebration of the 1983 World Series with the great Scott McGregor. That's all on the way today. I don't know where my guy is. It makes me sad. I love him. I know he's a busy man right now, so we'll see if we can't figure that out as we're supposed to be chatting this uh, morning with um, 
Our friend Joey Chestnut, we will see if that ends up happening or not. It's just what it is. He is he's entered a level of fame. Understandably so. He's the Tiger Woods of this generation, so I get it, but I love my guy. Um, I mentioned Team USA and lacrosse last night. I also did watch a bit of the uh, soccer, uh, as expected, because I don't know what St. Kitts and Nevis is. In fact, learned last night it's Nevis and not Nevis, because I would have bet it was definitely Nevis, but it turns out it's St. Kitts and Nevis. Now, it is always unfair to have to play both. I think everybody agrees with that. But if you're going to have to play both, I would say St. Kitts and Nevis are not a bad both to have to play. USA easily rolls 6-0 to a victory, including a hat trick from uh, Jesus Ferreira. Jesus Ferreira. Um, I mean, it was never competitive, and it was routine, and that's just kind of what it is. So, I don't have a whole lot to say. It does it waste or does it wash the taste out of my mouth of what happened against uh, Jamaica four nights earlier? Not really. That's still concerning, and I get that it's still very much a C squad that's out there participating in the Gold Cup. But who knows? Maybe they can get things going as they have one more um, group stage game on. I can't remember if it's Saturday or Sunday now where they play their final group stage game against, I believe, Trinidad and Tobago. And then they would go into the knockout round after that. It is on Saturday. No, Sunday. Sunday. Thank you. Sunday at 7. At seven. Yes. USA and Trinidad and Tobago in the Gold Cup after they got a 6-0 victory last night. Um, a couple of people that chimed in, and these are all over the last 24 hours. Again, we weren't doing a show yesterday. Uh, Dave got in, and this was sort of a response after Would You Rather Wednesday, but just continuing the conversation. Dave got in and said, sorry, I'm trying to pull it up now. There it is. Dave says, uh, Glenn, as far as the idea of going after Cease is concerned, I do have faith that the Orioles can get the best out of a pitcher that has been struggling. I think they have proven themselves capable of being that team moving forward. That being said... I'm just not sure that Cease is the right guy. It feels like someone that is giving up that many walks does not necessarily fit with what the Orioles are trying to do. Uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, the walks are not... there. That's a problem. There's no getting around that. The walks are a problem. But if you believe they're capable of working on that, then I would think that you believe that they can limit that number or work with him to attack the zone a little bit more or whatever it is, I would think. I don't know that, but I would think that's the case. And then from Chris. Chris says, sorry. Uh, oh, this is, in, I understand. Chris says, Glenn, absolutely no way I'm putting Felix Batista back out there. Is... As you pointed out, he's never pitched more than 32 pitches and hadn't thrown more than 31 this season. There is no way in hell that I am continuing to push it with the guy who basically your season depends on. I don't want to push it either. Like I, I think you're hearing that and suggesting that I'm saying go out and throw 45, 50 pitches. Be reckless. That's not what I said. All right. This is our guy. Love this man. He is the champion of all champions, and he will defend his mustard belt 
this Tuesday up in Coney Island. And then I hear a rumor he's coming back to town after that this summer, and I am looking forward to it. He is the great Joey Chestnut. He's back with us now here on GCR. Joey, it's Glenn. What's going on, brother? How are you? Oh, Glenn, I'm doing good. Good to be on with you again. Hey, dude, it's good to hear your voice, man. What, okay, so paint me the picture. We are uh, you know, six days out, five days out at this point. What does life look like for you for the next five days leading up to Tuesday? Oh, yeah. So I just did my last, uh, my last practice isn't a full practice. Okay. So I, right now I'm recovering from that and things were good, really good. So, okay. Uh, if it's not a, I, what, I what really is, good speed. what is not a full practice though? Give, what's the number that's not a full practice? Oh uh, yeah. So, so it, it, instead of eating for the full 10 minutes plus a little bit longer, uh, I'm, I'm just eating the 50 hot dogs. So, okay. I, so I eat that 50 hot dogs as fast as I can get, 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 find my rhythm. And then I, uh, then I'm topping it off with a, ton, a, bu- a bunch of water. Make <laughs> sure that I'm uh... a nice off day of 50 hot dogs. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't. I don't want to push so hard that like there's a lot of people. Uh, it, it, it took me a long time to figure this out, but there's there's a lot of little muscles that that are involved in eating. They're from your jaws, all the little muscles in your throat, and then muscles in your around your stomach. A lot of them just uh, if you pull one of them and. It, uh, you feel it. So wow. uh, the last week I, I, I'm being, I'm just doing easy yoga and not, not trying to make sure, make sure I'm not hurting anything. So when was the last time you did 70 plus? Like how was that a week ago, two weeks ago, something like that? Oh, last week. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Really good practice. All last right. Last week. So we know that you have done 76. What is the biggest number that you've done in a practice? Uh man, I can't tell you that now. There's people betting on this these days. <laughs> <laughs> but but I, 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 this year I've I, I've broken the record in practice. Okay. All right, all right, we can yeah. go with that. That's fine. We can go with that. <laughs> I, I, dude, last year you were hurt, right? And like, oh I, my god. So so take me yeah. through because somebody would say, well, how does that impact you eating? Like, what what is the correlation? Take me through. Clearly, you still won comfortably. It's not like there was any threat to the idea that you weren't going to win, but it's not the you know insane numbers that we're we're used to seeing. What is the impact of the injury on why maybe you did not pursue eighty hot dogs last year? Well, there, there's a you've been interviewing me for a long time, and uh, so so some years the hot dogs, the conditions, uh, the conditions for the hot dogs make it make it harder. Uh, everybody's numbers were pretty low last year. Yeah, I think I don't think anybody else broke 50 hot dogs. So conditions really affect things. And then on top of that, my having the broken leg. I, uh, the doctor wasn't 100 sure it was broken. Uh, so it ended up uh, it, it, it was it was re-injured, uh, and uh, so it, it was hurting bad. And uh, so I. All last year, I had that leg. I, I, I had the open fracture, and I had two infections. Jesus. I had to take out all the take out the hardware. So it, it, even going into it, my doc, uh, my other doctor, he's like, "Yeah, your blood work come back. It's come back. You're anemic." Uh, oh my god! After the surgery, so I going going into it, uh, even practicing last year, I, I was uh, I was uh, I was slow. I, I had no intensity, and. Uh, so I, uh, yeah, it, it, my body was my my body wasn't in the right place I, in I, so many ways. 
we're chatting with Joey Chestnut here at GCI. I always wonder, like, what pushes you, dude. Like, all you've ever done is just dominate this thing. You're a 15-time champion. Um, does, does that last year, like, drive you now? For the last 12 months, have you found yourself being hell-bent of, like, no, I have to come back and surpass 70. I've got to remind everybody that's not who Joey Chestnut is. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It, it, well, there's a couple things. Uh, I, I, even even when I was in terrible shape last year, I still loved that contest. Yeah. And, and then it was it was, then it hurt. It broke my heart that I I did so poorly. And now that I'm feeling better, it's like, oh my god, I, I'm 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 gonna do better. I can do better. It, it, it's like it, it's like. I feel so much better than I uh, than last year. It's I'm, I'm just it, I'm I'm in my happy place. All right, I'm just, gonna, getting, I'm, ready, getting ready for the contest and doing the contest. I love. I'm putting bets in now. <laughs> You've convinced me. I'm putting my bets in. I'm betting on a new record. That's happening this year. Joey Chesnut is with us here on GCR. Um, Joey, I remember a couple years ago we got you hooked up and uh, connected with Jimmy's, and it was so cool having you in for the uh, the tailgate. I hear a rumor you're wandering back this summer. Oh my God! I think uh, it's 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 happening. Uh, so Jimmy's best seafood in the world, and they and, and uh, absolutely the best crab cakes. They have their uh, their UFO sandwich. Yeah, which is like the, uh, which is I think probably the biggest seafood sandwich in the world. It's it's seven it's pounds, crab, correct? Seven seven pounds. There's there's crab cakes. There's fish. There's shrimp. Uh, I think there's soft crab on there. Uh, the soft shell crab. Oh, it, it has everything. Yeah, it, it's the best stuff. Uh, and I don't think anybody's ever done it. So I'm gonna be in in August. I'm gonna be trying to break, conquer that thing in front of an audience. And, are, uh, are, are you at all worried? Like when you when you do something, this is a feat of strength, right? Like, are you at all worried that you might not? And like, th- this is Joey Chess. This is this is like Steph Curry missing a game winning three with the. NBA title on the line. Do you worry at all about that, or can you do like the math in your head and say, "No, I've I've got this. Like this is easy for me, given all of these other things that I've done in my life." There's there's different types of worry. Like uh, like if if I had never had their food before, then I'd worry. Okay. Uh, like like because if you if you don't know what food you're eating, uh, you hear numbers like oh. If I don't like it, it my body it, it isn't going to accept it. But it, it, but I, I've been there. I know. I know the food. Uh, I'm, I'm absolutely comfortable. Uh, there, there's no worry for this one. Some some events uh, when I, when, I'm, when a sponsor yeah. uh, wants me to do something, I, it, it takes a little bit of trust. It, well, it, I have to trust the sponsor to make good food. I have to also my body has to be comfortable with that food. So uh, so. Um, I, 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 I'm pretty confident I'll be able to do this. I have no, uh, I have no doubt in you whatsoever. I have, I'll never doubt you in this situation. <laughs> it's, it's, and, and this is the goofy part. It's like what you say. I, whenever we talk about the hot dogs, it's hilarious to me because you're like, dude, I, I love hot dogs. It, it is part of it too. When you say you had the food, you were willing to do it because you're like, I think I might actually enjoy doing this. Oh, it's, uh, yeah, it, part of it. Is I'm still a fat guy, kind of having fun. The first couple of minutes of a contest, it's 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 a it's a mix of like, all right, I'm enjoying it, and then, but then I'm also all right. I got to eat them faster. I got to find the fastest rhythm, and then the la- the the last couple of minutes are where it's real work. That that that's where it's where I'm I'm showing off how how well I can 
ignore feelings and just push push the body to to, to a crazy limit. Dude, I, it, it's so cool to me that that's the way it is. Like it would actually hurt me if you were to be like, yeah, I don't I don't I don't like doing this at all. I hate that, man. Like when somebody that's a golfer who's just like I don't really even like playing golf. I'm like, come on, bro. Oh, that is so sad. Right. I, I, so I, yeah, I, I, w- I was at a, a minor league ball ca- uh, ball game not too long ago, and I was like, dude, did you get tired of baseball? And I'm like, yeah, I get so tired of baseball. Like, <laughs> oh damn. Like, and, then, and, then, and then I was like, oh, I guess baseball is a long season. There's a lot of games, but I, I was like, I'm, I'm never gonna get tired of eating. <laughs> it makes me so happy, dude. That makes me so happy. Hey, um, uh, you know, over the years, I don't I think it's been a long time since so I asked this question to you. Who's the person that like is a fan of yours that's been the wildest to you? Who's the person that like you met somewhere you got a message from that you were like that, that it just struck you the most like holy crap I just heard from so and so they told me they love me. Oh my gosh, it's been a, like a famous person or just someone that means something to know. you? I, yeah. Or. or, or. I'll, I'll never forget when Billy Crystal came, came up to me. Bro, I, yeah, that, 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 he was like, "Oh, Mr. Chestnut, I, I, I love what you do." Holy and crap. I was like, "Oh my God, he called me Billy Crystal called hey, called me Mr. Chestnut." That's, that's unbelievable, man. Uh, yeah, and yeah, and he was, he was super nice and uh, genuine questions, and that's yeah, awesome. so that 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 was awesome. Um, yeah. It, 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 it's weird. The competitive eating, the, the fan base is, uh, it's always really nice people. The people who do recognize me. Uh, I, I, there are a lot of critics out there, but thankfully they, uh, they don't recognize me. So, so actually, you know what? I, let me wrap with this. Cause we, we, speaking of critics, we saw last year, you know, like y- y- you had to take one out. Um, it, it, like, are we learning that maybe you could also be a cage fighter on the side? Is it possible that like you could be a dual sport athlete because that was pretty strong last year. Like that was a pretty good. Yeah, when you, no. when you were in the zone, obviously. That, that was just a. That was, I was like I was like a dog with food aggression. He, it, 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 I would only. I'm I'm not a fighter by any means, <laughs> unless you make you get in, in between my hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, like you just the afterwards when like people talk about you were like dude i don't know what took over me like, i don't like, know what happened it really i was like the whole thing's kind of a blur i was like i just need to keep eating this guy's in the way <laughs> the legitimate out-of-body experience that occurs and you were hurt on top of it and you were injured and you still were able to take a guy out that is so great uh, obviously, Tuesday at noon on ESPN uh, from up in Coney Island is the Nathan's Famous Fourth of July hot dog eating contest with Major League Eating. Uh, and, of course, as you mentioned, in August at Jimmy's Famous Seafood for you to take on the seafood UFO, and I cannot wait for that. Uh, Joey, what all can I plug for you, dude? Oh, what else? Uh, dude, I'm, I'm just I'm, – yeah, I'm looking forward to getting out there in August, and uh, I got uh, I'm I'm living the dream. I can't. I, I'm happy. I'm healthy again, and uh, I'm I'm gonna be eating and running around the country. I know uh, my friend Lacey DeCasa hooked you up with a Ravens jersey. She wasn't able to like convert you to being like a Lamar or a Ravens fan while you were here, was she? I've been following Lamar. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm did, did he? Did he? I, yeah, he, he's going back with you guys. Yeah, right? he's he signed. Like Everything's good. Oh. Yeah, we're excited. Yeah, here. I'm really happy for you guys. Yeah, and he, he's a great dude. That and was... uh, I. 
I, I have become a fan of him. That's I, cool. I, I'm going to wear that jersey at the game. That's awesome, man. That's, that's really, really cool. And that was, dude, it was such a special thing having you here. And I, and I hope you felt that love. The number of people that I heard from that week, like, dude, Joey Chestnut's going to be here? That's a, it was such a cool feeling. It was such a cool feeling. I hope you felt that while you were down here, man. Uh, Absolutely. You guys have electricity at that tailgate party. Oh, it, dude, it's, it's, a, it's a good it's a, time. It's a great time. There's no doubt about it. Uh, can't wait to have you back, bro. Kick some ass on Tuesday. Thank you, as always, for taking the time for us, man. Always appreciate you. Oh, thank you. Talk to you soon. That's Joey Chestnut, uh, greatest American champion, my absolute favorite. I love that guy. Um, I don't know. I think he's going to do 77. I think that's going to be the number. I think that's what I'm going for on Tuesday. I'm going to say 77 hot dogs. It sounds like he's got 80 in him. The way that he was sort of like unwilling to tell me what the number was does make me think it could be extraordinary, Might be 90. right? Like it could be in his lifetime. Like, does, does he get triple digits? Mm-mm. Um, I mean, that would be. It's 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 probably not. I hundred. I don't think. I mean, that I don't know. But <laughs> I, here's what I would say: He's forty now. This isn't like other sports. I mean, he could definitely keep doing this for another ten. 15 years if he wanted to could he you know go all of a sudden start getting closer and say to himself i want to i mean i don't know mathematically that seems impossible the more i think about it it, mathematically i don't think it works i don't think there's any way that you can pull off that's absurd all right speaking of absurd things just never work it it just never works out like that's the way it goes and part of it's on us because you know we're supposed to do this yesterday and the whole thing but you know what i got to talk to joey chestnut today today's a good day today's a good day so we'll figure out what the rest of the day looks like because the the, the pieces are already not coming together. <laughs> so I love it when a plan comes together. I don't love it when a plan doesn't come together. But we'll see. I also think that maybe Carson might be swinging by again oh, really? for a, uh, a redemption. A, redemption, uh, a uh, life hack redemption. Well, he wanted to do it with the beer, oh, right, remember. Yeah. And okay. so I think there's a chance that he might swing by before the show is over to attempt to do it with the beer. I'm not sure. But I think, I don't know, we'll see. So who knows what might be coming. We'll try to figure that. We'll sort it all out. Alex Pham, we're pretty sure, from the Bowie Bay Sucks. Scott McGregor, we're pretty sure. All on the way, Glenn Clark Radio. Maryland drivers, did you know you can save up to 77% on tolls with an Easy Pass Maryland discount plan? That's right, 77%. It's never been easier. Pick the plan that's right for you at driveezmd.com. We'll keep you moving. It's a Maryland thing. Where the waves meet the shore, you will find Dorchester County. Hi, this is Jimmy Charles. When I think of Maryland, I think Dorchester County on the eastern shore where it's open for making memories. Dorchester County, it's a Maryland thing. For more info, visit www.visitdorchester.org. It's a Maryland The latest edition of Pressbox is available now. On the cover, Dave Ginsburg remembers Goose as he looks back on the impact that late Tony Saragusa had both on and off the field here in Baltimore. Plus, he explains how Goose's kids are working to continue that legacy with the Goose Flights program. Also inside, Todd Karpovich profiles the path Tyler Wells has taken to becoming a star in the Orioles rotation. And you'll find a special summer travel guide with information about events and activities throughout the state. Pressbox is available for free at over 500 area locations including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the O's, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com.
The All-America Senior Game, powered by New Balance, will be back at Johns Hopkins Homewood Field on July 29th. The most decorated girls and boys lacrosse players in the country have been invited to play in what is the premier lacrosse event of the year. Every college coach wants their players in this game, and if you dream of being in this game, you start by trying out for one of your regional underclass teams this summer. The best against the best. Get your tickets now at allamericalacrosse.com. Hey, Birdland, watch the Orioles in action against the Minnesota Twins at Camden Yards on Saturday, July 1st at 4.05. Be one of the first 30,000 fans 15 and over to receive the Birdland Hawaiian shirt. Arrive early for one of our most popular giveaways and for early bird Saturdays. Gates open two hours before first pitch every Saturday home game with happy hour, live music, and more. Enter vacation mode and purchase your tickets today at Orioles.com slash tickets. Your summer destination is closer than you think at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. With an expansive gaming floor and incredible dining options ready for you to explore, your adventure awaits. Dine at the new Coho Korean Barbecue House coming in July or on the patio at the Prime Rib. Enjoy the summertime breeze at Orchid Smoking Patio. Limited time packages starting at $229. What are you waiting for? Book now. At Arundel Mills, must be 21. Please play responsibly for help. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call one gambler. Costas Inn has been serving up delicious steamed crabs for over 50 years. Lately, the crabs you want to eat when the weather warms up have gotten harder and harder to get. So get your crab eating game plan in place. Make sure to stick this number on your fridge. 410-477-1975. Call ahead and reserve the size crabs you want. You may be able to walk in, but you may also be disappointed at the size or maybe even get shut out altogether. So call ahead, have a plan, and then arrive on your crab eating vacation. Costas also has delicious crab soup and crab cakes. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard. For more than 50 years, they've been satisfying crab lovers in and around Baltimore. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Check out PressBoxOnline.com every day to find daily winners and betting advice from Jeremy Kahn. And if you want some advice about life decisions that you probably shouldn't make, here's Glenn Clark. All right, back in here on GCR as we continue along here on a Thursday edition of the program. Today's show also brought to you by, well, you know what? This is brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Thanks again to Joey Chestnut for joining us this morning. Appreciate him. Um, sorry, I'm trying to pull this back up. So I, I don't I don't know if you saw this this morning. J.J. Watt is joining uh, CBS. He is going to be part of their He'll do studio work, and I, I guess that means he'll be part of their pregame show. Although, I want to see him fight Bill Cowher. Um, I don't think that's going to happen, but I'd be I'd be in favor of it. Yeah, I guess I guess I would be right. Um, I I like JJ Watt. I think JJ Watt showed in the last couple of years of his career exactly like what I don't remember what the whole thing like the how that all started with him and the the barstool sports guys where. They were like making fun of him, and then they ended up becoming friends. I don't remember what the story was, and like was the point that he was kind of a stick in the mud, and 
and and wasn't fun, and then he had to soften up over the years. But I have found myself thinking that J.J. Watt was more likable in recent years. I bring this up because I saw a tweet from someone that said, what is the next generation of young, like, of, of athletes that will become media personalities traditionally? Because the move has now been to just get your own podcast. Right. Do it from your house. You don't have to go anywhere. You're famous, so you're going to have an audience just by being famous. Why put yourself through having to travel, having to go to games, all of those things? And J.J. Watt, to me, makes sense as someone that would be into it, that would be willing. Like, you know, Tony Romo, for a minute, was really into it. Now there's some question about whether or not Tony Romo really likes doing this. The Tom Brady thing is still... Do we even know for sure if Tom Brady's doing this or not? Uh, No, I guess not. Like, I mean, because he agreed to a deal with Fox. A, a massive deal yeah, with Fox. So, and they started making plans and the whole thing. And then Greg Olson Greg was pretty, been pretty good. He was pretty yeah. good. And there were reports that maybe Tom Brady was second-guessing, and he denied those reports, but... Have we seen Tom Brady do anything with Fox? Have they not yet? I, like trotted him out to to say, hey, he's part of the team. He'll be on the number one crew this year. Like, do we know that Tom Brady is working for Fox this season? And if we don't, is there any world in which it's because Tom Brady, as many times as he said he's definitely retired, still isn't a hundred percent certain about that? Yeah, I mean, there, it's going back and forth. There's a report in May that you know he was leaning towards walking away from Fox, and then uh, Pro Football Talk then reported at the beginning of June that you know he reiterates that he does plan to do to work for Fox. But like, so we have there's there's nothing. Okay, I, mean, I, I know this is going to sound conspiracy theory ish, but I was talking about DeAndre Hopkins on the radio show the other day, and I was like, well, if you're DeAndre Hopkins, why why would you have committed to? the Patriots? Why would you be committing to the two teams that have shown interest in you versus waiting it out for as long as you possibly can in and seeing if someone ends up offering you money that has a chance at winning a Super Bowl? And I brought it up with a buddy of mine yesterday at gym, and they said, if you were DeAndre Hopkins, is there any world in which you go to the Patriots and say, I'll sign with you if you can convince Tom Brady to come out of retirement? And I said, "He well, that's wild. <laughs> like, he seems to be enjoying retirement, I think. I, yeah. He's spending a lot of time with his kids. I understand that, but it's not like he's taking real stuff. I mean, maybe he's doing all this behind the scenes, right? Like, maybe yeah. they're working. They're but, doing in, at that level, they do a lot of, like, fake behind, broadcast, yeah, practice broadcast, yeah. things like that. Maybe he's doing all of those things, and we just haven't heard about it, right? But we have seen nothing that shows him. You would think they'd be trying to post some like social content. This is Tom Brady that we're talking about, the most, you know, one of the most famous athletes of our time. You would think that Fox, given the amount of money they paid to him, if he is like wholly committed, would still be attempting to use him in any way possible. They'd be running, you know, promos and ads and things like that. The Gold Cup's going on right now. You'd think they'd yeah. want to have Tom Brady like his face plastered all over. Don't forget, coming this season. Tom Brady to Fox. It's conspiracy theory, yes. Like, I am not... But I, when I thought about it, I was like, okay. I mean, like, if I'm DeAndre Hopkins, I would still probably want to hold it out and wait. And Like, I, I don't think I would come to... You get Tom Brady to come back, 
I'll go commit the signing with you. But the Patriots are the one team that has money too, right? Like they're the team. That and then that would mean DeAndre Hopkins would have to do all this all again next year too, because he'd only be signing a one-year deal. I think play. at this point he might I be mean, doing that again. Yeah, I guess next year. Any, I think it, like with receivers in their thirties, that just sort of tends to be the way that it is. Yeah. But and what would you, if you're Tom Brady, right? Like he's not doing it. Why? Why would you well, say that? I mean, Why now, would you possibly say well, that? Well, now we're we're in we're ba- we're basically into July now, and. You know, I, he would have like, you know, no, yeah, knowing Tom Brady, but you know, he would have posted something on Instagram of him, you know, like working out on the beach and him throwing a football or something. I feel like we haven't seen any of that. But did we see that last year? Well, I mean, he announced he came back, you know, in March. Like it was. Yeah, it was so quick that yeah. we didn't have to see any of that. Yeah. I think I think if we saw that, then we would know that he was coming back. Like I I don't think he would leak that stuff out before he would announce that he was coming back. I disagree with that because okay. the moment we saw yeah. that, we would we that's all we would be saying is oh Tom Brady's playing. Maybe he's waiting for you know Aaron Rodgers to do something. Everyone's like whoa Aaron Rodgers just threw this crazy ball in training camp, and then it's like <laughs> Tom Brady's like watch this. Okay, I don't think he he's going to be able to. I like Tom, at this point in his life. I know Tom Brady's amazing, but I don't think he's going to be able to out bomb. Um, a quarterback. I don't think that's going to be the case. Look, man, I am not. I'm not suggesting that there's anything to it, but it was just a fascinating thing that was brought up to me on both sides. If you're DeAndre Hopkins, would you say I'll play for you if you can get Tom Brady back? If you're Tom Brady, would you think about coming back if the Patriots can land DeAndre Hopkins? They did sign Devontae Parker though, so I don't that might I don't know if that takes them out of the um running for uh DeAndre Hopkins because they gave Parker like real money, did they not? Like it was almost a stunning it was a three year deal worth like thirty million dollars or something like that for Devontae Parker. I was like, What? And it was worth it against the Ravens. So Yeah, I mean that's true. It it was, <laughs> but it was very bizarre. I I was very surprised by that. And it might very well be um, them taking themselves out of the running for DeAndre Hopkins. And if you got a shot at Devontae Parker, why not? Or if DeAndre Hopkins just told you, dude, I'm not playing with Mac Jones, then you kind of are where you are at that point, and you got to sign whatever you can sign. All right, it's time for us to make our trip down to Bowie to chat with a member of the Bay Sox. Uh, this man got off to a great start and got the call up to Bowie and backed it up with an outstanding first start, five shutout innings in his first start with the Bay Sox. Alex Pham is with us now here on GCR. Alex, it's Glenn. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us. Of course. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Pleasure to be here. It's great to chat with you, dude, and it's obviously great to chat with you when you are killing it the way that you have been. Um, walk me through, coming into this season, maybe was there something that you did differently in the off season? Was there a change that you made, a pitch that you introduced. What do you think is the biggest reason why you've been off to such a great start this year? Yeah, absolutely. It started in the off season, like you said, and I'm just really grateful to have these great coaches um, take me through um, a great program. We had a great plan going into it. So I just did my best to just get better each day with vision of what we wanted to achieve during the season and it's worked out so far was there anything cool. was there anything specific was there a, a new pitch or a new delivery or arm angle anything like that sure um we worked on i guess two new pitches okay to, and then just trying to get a little stronger so i can throw the ball a little harder but um 
Okay, well, take me through both of them. What are the, what are the new pitches first? Sure. So, traditionally, I just threw a forcing fastball, a curveball, and a cutter. Okay. So we added um, a splitter, which was fun. Um, took a lot of work to I was, figure that. I was going to say, how many times did that go wrong? Like, how many balls? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's uh, a lot of trial and error. Because like, with the splitter, it's like you want it to go one way, and when you see it go the other way, you're just like, uh-oh, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, and and so, what was the other one? Uh, just a new slider, so, yeah. What kind of? So when you say it's a new slider, it's just a new way that you're throwing a slider? Um, I guess it's like the new wave of pitching. Like everyone wants the big um, horizontal slider that goes it's the, like the, left, the, the sweeper, right? Yeah, the yeah. sweeper. There you go. There you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's that's the thing. Everybody's like, well, what? Are the, yeah. It's the sweeper, which is devastating that's when it. it works. Obviously. Yes, it's it's really fun to throw when it works properly, but trying to get it to work is the tough part. Just like yeah, just every other pitch. Were you were you bought in immediately? Were you skeptical? And then how long did it take into the season for you to say like, "Oh boy, <laughs> like ah, this this is working." Yeah, um yeah, I, I'm not too sure when in the season I found that, but every time I go out, I'm just pretty confident in myself and my ability and I just try and go have some fun out there. He is Alex Pham of the Bowie Bay Sox. He is with us here on GCR. Alex, you said you also tried to strengthen up for velocity. Take me through what were you sitting, you know, last season, and how much have you ticked up this year? Sure, yeah. I think I was about somewhere from, like, 90 to 92. Okay. And then um, I ran into some injuries last year, too, which also hindered my performance on the field. So, But now I've been able to get up to maybe three or four, sometimes even five. Okay. So, but, and then, but I'm also in a new role this year. So I was out of the bullpen last yep. year. So it was a little easier to hold my velocity. So now it was like, we were trying to get myself in shape so that I can um, step outside my comfort zone and see if I can be a starter for this organization. He is Alex, it's interesting because one of the outside criticisms of the Orioles is, Hey, for all of the hitting they have, you know, top to bottom, they don't have the same level of pitching prospects. And, I, I you know, it, you, we can say that's unfair, and there are certainly guys that stand out. But at the core of that, it's, you know, they haven't spent as many high draft picks on pitchers as they have on bats in recent years. You were a later draft pick, and I don't, I don't know if you even felt like you were on the radar, you know, coming into this season. Has, has moving into a starting role and delivering the way that you have what has that done for your confidence that you are a guy that genuinely has a chance to do something within this system? Yeah. Um, when they told me they wanted to try and move me into a starter role, it kind of showed me that um, it was just nice to know that they had plans for me, I guess. But, um, yeah, I'm just really grateful of them just putting the time and effort into me and my development. So I'm just trying to do my best to continue to earn the right to play for this org and just do what I can to make them proud. Um, can you take me through? I, so one of the things we always like to talk to guys about is superstitions because there's nobody that is as superstitious as baseball players are. When you're right. having a season like this, 
do you find yourself start to start like maybe eating the same thing for lunch or like have you have you noticed that when things have gone well have you fallen into any sort of superstition i would like to think i'm not a superstitious guy but i do have a routine that i stick to on like game days i wouldn't say it's like anything food related but it's like i do i have a specific time of each day of what when I do certain things, it's like, I want to say three hours or so before each start, I'd get in the ice bath. And then two hours before that's when I start getting the ball moving. And like with my routine, I was like stretching, getting my activation done. So I guess that's the ice bath is probably the, weirdest thing but that's but, but that sounds yeah, like something that like yeah. you know athletes are supposed to be doing anyway that doesn't necessarily sound like yeah. a suit like even if you were struggling you'd yeah. probably be hopping in the ice bath right yeah probably yeah, yeah i don't right? really do yeah i don't really do much i hope that this doesn't cause you to start thinking about things i hope that you don't end up getting yeah. off the phone right now and being like oh crap <laughs> <laughs> like maybe i do have one but i don't know i gotta i gotta find it before the yeah get, but no i don't don't think I have one. Um, similar to you know getting moved into to being a starter, getting the bump up to double A, and and having your progress be recognized, and I, I feel like double A is where it starts to get real, right? Like it's the time where everybody sort of says like, okay, now it's serious. How much of that did you feel when you got you know when you were informed that you were getting bumped up, and then to back it up and to have your first start at double A go so well. <laughs> How much did that mean to you? Sure, yeah. I was a little surprised to get the call up, but I was very happy to have this opportunity. And then, like you said, that feeling of, wow, I'm here, just being real. Like, it did hit me in my first start when I saw uh, G-Man Troy in the box. Yeah, uh, yeah, right. Yeah, big leaguer. So I was like, I was like, wow, I'm here. But then I just try to lock back in in my start and just understand, like, I wouldn't be here if they didn't see something in me. So I just tried to be, I guess, Alex Fam and just do my thing on the mound. How did it go against G-Man? Yeah. Um, I think, let's see. I think I got him to pop out. Twice, there you go, day, right? Like, cool. so yeah, yeah, you owned yeah. him. <laughs> you're the, you're the. Yeah, it, I, yeah. l- later this year, when the Orioles are playing a huge game against the Rays, you're the G-Man Choi killer. They got to bring you <laughs> up for that. <laughs> I'm, I'm having fun, yeah. but it wouldn't be a bad yeah, role absolutely. for you. Absolutely. Uh, hey, the Bay Sox are home this week, uh, and a lot of great events going on with the Bay Sox. Tonight, happy hour. Tomorrow night is uh, Pride Night with a very cool Bay Sox Pride hat. Uh, if you get that special ticket package, plus kids run the bases, then this weekend fireworks, and um, obviously a big 4th of July celebration. So lots of cool things that are going on. Uh, BaySox.com in order to find out more about all of them. Alex, I, I want to know about you, man. Give me your background. Give me, you know, like when when did you know that baseball was your thing? Um, like, how'd you fall in love with the game? What what can we know about Alex Fam? Yeah, sure. So from, I guess the the day I was born, I was always throwing a ball of some sort. Either it was a football, probably a tennis ball, and um, I think I started playing organized baseball when I was four. Okay, and then. 
Yeah, it's, uh, I think it's the catcher. Because I think I saw on TV one day, and I was like, the catcher is in all this cool gear. And I was like, <laughs> I want to do this. He, lo- he looks like a stormtrooper, right? Like, he looks like he's a guy yeah, from Star like, Yeah. I was like, yeah, it looks pretty cool because I think, I was like, I want to put all that stuff on. And it's like, all right, the only way you can do that is if you play baseball. So I was like, fine, I'll play baseball. And then, yeah, then I played, I guess, competitive baseball, like that travel baseball style when I was nine. And then my parents were really supportive, so we just kept going, tried to keep getting better each time. And then I think in high school, I think I was almost at the end of my career. I didn't think I was going to play college. And... I got really lucky with meeting a coach, and he helped, I guess, jumpstart my career. And then I got a really good opportunity to play college at the University of San Francisco, and here I am now. That's awesome. I'm just really grateful to meet the people along the way that helped my career, and I'm just excited for what's in store for the future. And and, and ending up in, like, I don't know how much you knew about Baltimore at all, but arriving here when you did, obviously in 21, I don't think we quite knew what was coming. But what has it been like to be a part of this system as you have seen all of the excitement from the top level down and the opportunity that's ahead that if you can break through, you know, you could be competing for a World Series in the next couple of years? Sure. We have a lot of talent in this org, and it's been really fun to meet these players, play alongside of them, learn from one another, and just compete with each other. It's been a lot of fun, and yeah. It's always at the end goal to make it all the way to Camden and help your team win a championship. So that'd be a dream of mine. I'm going to keep working each day to try to make that dream a reality. Was up fam 26, which is pretty good, by the way. I got to give you credit for that. That's, that's well played. Well played. Was up fam on with PH, obviously, because that's <laughs> how he spells his name. Uh, was up fam 26 on both Twitter and Instagram is how you can give him a follow. Um, Alex, I, I love having conversations like these because all we get to say is, dude, keep kicking ass. <laughs> like, may, I appreciate it. May the rest of the season and every season after that look exactly like it's looked this year. Congratulations on uh, such a strong start to the year and getting the call up, man. Look forward to chatting with you again down the road. Thank you for taking the time for us this morning. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. That's uh, Alex Pham of the Bowie Bay Sox, who has really been an unbelievable uh, pitch to a two-point Two four ERA between the two levels, and obviously just one start so far at Double A this season. It was a two four five at High A, and then five innings of shutout ball, two hits in his Double A debut. Just been an awesome start, an absolutely outstanding start for uh, Alex Fam this season, and he is starting to get on the radar as far as guys that could work their way into prospect status for the Baltimore Orioles. So great to catch up with him. If you've not picked up the print issue of PressBox just yet, I would encourage you to do that right now. It is a very special issue for us. Tony Siragusa is on the cover. It was just over one year ago that we lost the goose, and Dave Ginsburg did an amazing job of detailing why someone who wasn't a Hall of Famer, wasn't uh, All-Pro, was so important to this franchise and this city during his short stint here, and then why it is that it's so important for his family to continue his legacy through that Goose Flights program. It's a wonderful cover story from Dave Ginsburg. 
Also a travel guide for the summer inside that issue. Available for free right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox. You can read it all at PressBoxOnline.com. That very special issue of PressBox celebrating Tony Siragusa. Um, Sorry. From John. John says, Glenn, if St. Kitts and Nevis was on a map, or could, okay, I understand what you mean. Would you be able to nail where with, I, well, I mean, it's yes, but only, I understand what he's asking. Could I even get close? I wouldn't know where it is, but it's obviously like CONCACAF. There's only so many places it could be. I'm going to presume it's a Caribbean nation. And I'm pretty sure I'm going to end up being right about that. Now, exactly where? No, cannot. Cannot tell you at all exactly where St. Kitts and Nevis is. Hang on a second. Let me see if I can pull it up and figure out where St. Kitts and Nevis is. St. Kitts and Nevis is... Um, it's situated between the Atlantic Ocean and Caribbean. It is... Uh, I I don't I don't know. It's very it's extraordinarily small. It's probably miraculous that they even have a team, more or less. The fact that they were able to qualify for the Gold Cup, but yes, th- by nature of being in Concacaf, I I would have been able to guess kind of where St. Kitts and Nevis is. I, I John, I get the question, but I definitely would have been able to come up with that. Uh, I also got a lot of people worked up on, or uh, I whipped a bunch of people up into a frenzy yesterday on Twitter. Um. Everything all right? Feels like this has been a struggle today. Yeah, the phone doesn't want to make calls out, it seems. Well, try to call my phone. See what happens. Well, Well, let's not do that right now. I can send him the number. Why don't you, yeah, why don't we work on that first? And then that's more concerning. I always love it when we think we've solved the problem, but we haven't really solved the problem. I always love that. (laughs) Things going well. Uh, All right, I'll talk about that tweet. Before before we get out of here today, I will talk about that tweet. I promise. But uh, I had something. There was a tweet that was getting a, a ton of traction this week. It was going kind of viral. And I have a different take. And it ended up uh, getting some attention yesterday. All right. Um, what's going on? Everything all right? all right? Can I go? Are we good? All right. Let's continue to celebrate the 40th anniversary of the 1983 World Series. Uh, all the guys are going to be back here in Baltimore coming this August. And among them be a man that played a very significant role in the Orioles winning the 83 World Series. He is the great Scotty McGregor, and he is back with us now here on GCR. Scott, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's always great to catch up with you, sir. Thank you for taking the time for us this morning. You're welcome, Glenn. I'm looking forward to it and uh, looking forward to August. Yeah. uh, I know one of the biggest things that sold me, I mean, obviously I was going to come, but we live in Tennessee now, is we're all getting there putting us up at the Marriott and there, there's going to be a bus that brings us over. And I said, man, I want to be on that bus. And listen <laughs> to all the, all the bantering and the stuff that's going to be going on there. Who's the best. Yeah, okay. So, this is a great question. Yeah. Who's the best storyteller from that team? Like, like we all know Palmer's a storyteller, but who's the best yeah. storyteller from the 83 team? Oh, uh, I guess, you know, and right now, unfortunately, he's incapacitated, but Richie Dower was uh, always one of my uh, favorites with that, but he's he's battling for his, uh, quite a while. But, uh, yeah, and Eddie was good. Bumbry was bad. Singleton, 
there was really some pretty good uh, folklore going on. That's cool. <laughs> That's cool. Scott, I, you know, obviously 40 years, it's a wild number to think about. I, I want to take, if you could, take me back. You arrive in, in, in Baltimore, in the system anyway, in the 1970s. Can I assume that given all of the success the Orioles had, that you kind of maybe had a thought that you were going to be able to win a World Series once you got into the Orioles system? Yeah, definitely. Once, you know, when I got traded over in 76, I got, I, I, you know, from the Yankees, I went from Syracuse to Rochester and I joined up with a team that was like 40 games over 500. With right. Eddie just got called up. Dower was there. Kiko was there. Flanny was there. Dennis Martinez was there. Uh, and so we were so used to that, that, that whole group, you know, Dower at USC won, Flanny up in, in New England won, I won in California. It was just a bunch of guys that knew how to win and played really well and had fun together. So, yeah, yeah. once we got there uh, in 76 at the end of the season, but then 77, we, you know, we, we were, you know, we didn't win, but we were in, you know, we were close, you know, and then 78, you know, 79, it didn't take long to realize that this team was going to be, you know, we had a really good chance of getting to the World Series. I, I think one of the things that stands out most about the 83 team is you guys did some losing, right? There were two different seven-game losing streaks during the course of that yep. season. Yeah, we started the season three and eight. Yeah. And I, remember, I remember we were leaving out of Chicago, and I was sitting on the bus next to Storm Davis, and he was, oh, yeah, no. I said, hey, hey. I don't care if we're three and eight. Just look around what you got here. These guys will be okay. And yeah. so, uh, yeah, they we, we didn't panic, you know. And so, uh, you know, it's a long season. It's interesting to hear you say that. Were, were you, you were always confident. You never had any doubt that you guys were ever going to be able to figure it out when you were going through those stretches. No, not that group. No, we didn't. We were very, very confident, you know, and uh, it, you know, internally arrogant. <laughs> I love that by the way. You would earn the right to be a little arrogant. Uh when you yeah. win, you get to do that. Scott, obviously, yeah. you know, we we think of that World Series and you pitched so well in game 1 and yet it didn't go your way. How, how yeah. much did that like again leave you itching for game 5 and that start and what was that feeling like for you going out there to take the mound? with you know the opportunity to win it in game five well you know i I had a plan you know to set myself up to get to that game five i had to be the only guy to lose a game in the whole playoffs (laughs) (laughs) i had had to lose to both the cy young award winners of the season you know i i lost two to one to lamar hoyt you know and then i lost two to one to john denny yep and then uh, I had to set it up so I could roll around and play against <laughs> Charlie Hudson and, and get that last win. But now 83, you know, the night before, cause you know, we're in, we're in Philly and yep. now, now we're up three games to one yeah. and, uh, and I'm, I'm tossing and turning sleeping at night and going, damn, we were three games to one in 79. And, uh, and now whenever anybody gets up three games to one or something that the, the, the stats show up uh, how many teams have ever lost after yeah. being up three and i'm thinking to myself we cannot do this again there's no way we're going to do this again yep. so we uh you know when when we when we won the the night before to go up three to one it was like okay guys you know 
and could hear the pin drop because in 79 we were already designing the world series rings you know we were you know so uh it, it was it, it was there was a great impetus to win that game yeah and uh let's, let's... Eddie, Eddie did what you're saying is interesting. Like, let's not even make it interesting after that. Let's not even, yeah. you know, like we don't have anything to yeah. play with. Let's treat game five like it's game seven so we don't have to go through this feeling again. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we were up five to nothing, and it was like, I don't know, sixth, seventh inning, Eddie walked by, goes, is that enough? I go, you can always get more if you want, <laughs> but yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't complain if you turned it in. Yeah, I wouldn't way. complain at all, you know. Uh, you you did something, and I don't know if uh, young people are aware of this. Like I got a I got a twenty some year old producer. Scott pitched uh, in Game Five, what's called a complete game. It's where the pitcher goes the entire all nine innings. And I know yeah, that, that doesn't sound right. That foreign, doesn't sound right. Foreign concept. Um, yeah, right. What what are I those? Yeah, you know, I was down there in Florida for the last eight years of coaching. Uh, you know, with all the young guys and uh, rehabs and the new sign guys and. We were sitting out there before the stretch one morning and just BSing with them and that. And they had, they, you know, Flanny used to tell me, he goes, hey, they're going to Google you. And once they Google you, they, you got them because they know you've done it. So they had all been Googling. One guy came, I guess apparently he saw the last out of the fly ball or the line, line drive to Cal. And he goes, man, you were the closer? <laughs> I go, no, I wasn't the closer. He goes, Oh, what were you? I go, I started. He goes, you pitched nine innings in the world. <laughs> I said, yeah, that's kind of the way it used to be. You know? Oh, that's so good. Yeah. What, 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 yeah. Are, what is that moment like? You know, the, the overwhelming majority of humans, the overwhelming majority of baseball players will never know what that feeling is like. You are out there yeah. on the mound. Can you put into words 40 years later what that moment, what that feeling feels like? Well, yeah, you're uh I guess I, you know, my wife and everybody else knows about me. I was pretty focused and, and, uh, not very, uh, I didn't let my emotions go. And so I, at one time, I think it was like the sixth or seventh inning, I do my warm up pitches and got the ball back and I turned around and kind of looked up at the 66,000 people. I went, Oh my God, no, I just turned back and looked at home plate. <laughs> you know, you know, you, you, I, you, you're so focused. Yeah. At least I was that just get this out, throw this pitch, make this pitch. And when, when it happened, uh, you know, I was so in the zone. I just, the guys used to teach me, uh, Caleb Joseph, especially used to laugh at me. He goes, you know, you didn't jump around. You didn't, you just tuck the glove under your arm and give a little fist pump and, and start to walk off. I said, you know, you, you, you just, you can't think, you know, when you're out there, you can't think if I get this out, we're the world champs. I mean, you, you got to push that out of your brain and you just got to make a pitch, make a pitch, make a pitch, you know? And, uh, yeah, I was in that mode. And, uh, finally we, we got the out and that was pretty special. Yeah. Scotty McGregor with us here on GCR. Again, the Orioles celebrating the 40th anniversary of the 1983 world series and the big celebration coming up on August 5th at Camden yards, including a Eddie Murray bobblehead. And I have already gotten my tickets. I will be there for that day. Um, Scott, I just wonder if your perspective over 40 years has changed. Like, yeah, obviously it's winning a World Series is winning a World Series. But the appreciation you have for the team, for what you guys had to do, and has, has anything about the perspective changed over four decades and, and everything that you've experienced in life 
for having accomplished that. And and even if maybe you wanted to win six more of them and that never happened, just winning the one and being such an important and crucial part of winning the one. Well, it just getting to two of them was amazing, you know, and and people can never get warm, but we got a second chance, which was wonderful. And, uh, and we, when we get together, it's like, uh, it just never happened. I mean, that team was so tight and the families and the kids and, and all them, uh, it's always special, you know, anytime we get together and, uh, even when we're at the ballpark now and we walk around and see people, they, they say, God, they act like it happened yesterday, you know? Mm -hmm. So, it was, it's a very special thing for a city and for a group of guys to, and you don't realize, and I know the Orioles went into some really dark times for a while and you just don't, you look back and go, dang, how fortunate were we to get traded over here for myself and join up with a, with that group of guys. Cause I was, you know, in my third year in AAA with the Yankees and Bobby Cox was my manager and we were in Memphis on June 15th for the trade deadline. And he came to me like during the game, he goes, don't be surprised if you're traded after the night. And I looked at him, I go, huh? <laughs> Never even thought of that. And so uh, sure enough, after the game, he called me up, he'd been traded to the Orioles. And so the next morning I get in the lobby and Hank Peters had called to, just to welcome me. And we talk, I get in the cab and I start to go to the airport and I start tearing up because, mm. you know, I signed out of high school and, and left California to go to East Coast. And so now for three and a half years, these are my, these are my family. And now I'm taken away from them again. So I start to tear up and I'm going and I go, wait a minute, Brooks Robinson at third, Mark Belanger, uh, this might not be a bad idea, you know, <laughs> come to this team, you know, and sure enough, uh, you know, we, we hooked up with, you know, got to play with Brooks for a year and a half. Man, well, that was amazing. Wow. And, yeah. And, uh, uh, and then Eddie came up in 77, you know, he didn't come up with us in 76, but he made the team in spring training, I think in the old uh, Bobby Maduro stadium. And he hit, hit a home run over the the big blue thing in center field. I think Earl turned, he said, well, I think he just made the team. <laughs> and so, <laughs> it turns out to be the rookie of the year. And, and uh, yeah, we, we just had quite a crew and it was, it was great. Yeah, it turned out. Yeah, it turned out all right. That was a pretty good decision letting Eddie make it. Yeah. Um, uh, Scotty, I you know the thrills. I, I I can't wait for that weekend. It's gonna be so special having all you guys back. And um, you know, I don't know what else there is to say. Forty years later, it, it still means so much to this city. We're hoping that we're not too far away from celebrating another one. By the way, we're hoping exactly. Yeah, that we're finally yeah. getting things turned around and getting to the point where there could be another one coming. Uh, it's so great yep. to hear your voice. Thank you for spending a couple of minutes reflecting with us this morning. We look forward to seeing you again in August. All right. All right, Glenn. Thanks. Scott McGregor with us here on GCR. Um, again, starting pitcher for Game 5 of the 1983 World Series as the Orioles clinched and did indeed uh, throw a perfect uh, – not a perfect game. That's what Domingo Herman did last night. Through a complete game, which is very rare. All right, we're going to head out to San Diego in a minute. So why don't we reset this before we chat with uh, Jesse Bernhardt. So Carson was in here. Carson Weekly is now Carson Biweekly because he was in here on Tuesday doing his Carson's a Hack Life Hack segment. And he like the suggestion was this makes more sense with beer. If you missed it, he did it with water, and we were like, what the? Like, when are you going to need this? But what was brought up was what happens when you, when you maybe you, you bring over, you show up at somebody's house, you got some crabs, you got some beer, you don't have cold beer. 
You didn't get it out. Of, I don't know why. You didn't get it out of the uh, the cold fridge. You, you just got a case of beer. And so Carson is convinced that he can prove that there is value with this. And the point is you're just wrapping a a, a cold yeah, in a in a wet paper a wet, towel. A wet paper towel. And freeze it for ten to fifteen minutes. Around one of these beers. That's and right. you're gonna take it back and you're gonna freeze it. And like, then and then by the time that this interview is over, like ten, fifteen minutes, it should be like definitely cold enough to drink we are with crabs. And we are comparing it to you're gonna put another one in there that yep. is not gonna be wrapped. That's right. And as we learned from the water, the water one was a bit colder than the other one was. It wasn't overwhelming. Yeah, but it, it was colder, But we though. could see that there was a difference. Sure. But you are convinced that you're going to take a room temperature. Let, let me make sure. Let me, let's make sure we're not doing this. A room temperature beer. I, I sat him out last night all night. Yeah, I mean, that's a little bit more than room temperature. You wouldn't want to drink that, though, you know? like I don't know. I mean, I've, I've, I've definitely drank a lot worse. Well, yeah. I um, sat them out all night last night, though, so they should be. All right. I'll, I'll give you that it's mostly a room temperature beer. And you are going to go put two of them in the freezer right now. Yep. And when we chat, one of them is going to be ice cold. That's right. And the other one is just going to be probably just cold. Okay. All right. Yeah. We'll find out. We will see if this, All right. this how this hack plays I'll be right back. It's our guy Carson Weekly. All right. Right now, let's head out to San Diego. As coming up tonight, the USA takes on Australia in the World Lacrosse Championship semifinals. After they beat Israel in the quarterfinals last night, trying to back up a gold medal in nineteen or sorry, nineteen in two thousand eighteen with another one this year. Joining us now, uh Maryland legend, assistant coach for the Maryland lacrosse team, and one of the biggest leaders on Team USA. He is Jesse Bernhardt, and he is with us now here on GCR. Jesse, it's Glenn. It's great to catch up with you, man. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Hopefully everything's going well out there. I'm excited to be on with you guys. Jesse, it's great to hear your voice, dude. Um, how how much has this meant to you, right? And I, I was reading, I know there's a lot going on in your life, right? Like the anniversary of your dad's passing, and you've got changes in your family that are going on right now. But being a part of Team USA and being out there trying to win a gold medal with your guys, what has this meant to you? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's definitely been a, a little bit of a whirlwind of uh, emotions and just, uh, obviously life events. Um, but, uh, but that's just life, you know, it just kind of keeps rolling and you just kind of got to deal with it as it, as it kind of comes your way. And, um, you know, I think for me, just, um, you know, the opportunity to, to you know, represent, you know, our country and, and have another opportunity to, to obviously play this great game of lacrosse and, and do it with, uh, you know, a group of guys that are obviously super talented, but, uh, also just good people. Um, you know, and being in a little bit of a different position as an older guy mm-hmm. than my previous, you know, yeah. two opportunities um, has been uh, it's been awesome. You know, it's it's uh, it's kind of bittersweet. We're coming down down the stretch here. I think it'll be tough uh, kind of going back to the real world, if you want to put some air quotes <laughs> around that. Um, but uh, but it's been awesome so far. And obviously, you know, it isn't over yet. We still have a few more days together. Um, so just looking to maximize it. I guess it's interesting to me, right? Like, as you point out, you were part of it in 2018. Like, you won a gold medal. You, you could have said, hey, I've done that, right? Like, I've, I can check that off the box. I, you know, I've accomplished great things as a player. You're obviously well on your way as a coach. Why, why uniquely did you say, I want to do it? Is, it? is it just the feel of that level, of that type of competition? What uniquely made you say you wanted to do it again? Yeah, you know, I think uh, obviously just a, a passion and a love for, for playing the game. Um, I think, you know, my experiences up to this point have been just, um, you know, so strong um, in terms of what they they've given me and um 
you know, for, for people who have been fortunate enough to kind of go through an experience like that and, and to have those feelings, you know, they don't come around, you know, very often. Um, and, and you try to capture it in a bottle uh, and it's really hard to do and, and, and hard to replicate. So, you know, when there's the opportunity presented to maybe kind of chase, chase that thing again and, and just to, you know, have that feeling and, and be in that locker room. And, um, you know, I think just um, the ability to, to kind of be part of a, a team, obviously, I know, you know, playing in the PLL and, and things like that, um, you know, we, we try to, you know, do that ourselves. It, it makes it a little challenging just with the way the schedule is and kind of mm-hmm. being all over the, you know, the country. And then you meet up once a week where, um, you know, this year a little bit more, you know, back to college where you're kind of living in the dorms with each other, you know, while we're here and you're, you're eating all, every meal together and, and all those kind of things. So, you know, even if I can replicate that for, for a short period of time, you know, I, I see tremendous value in it. That's cool. Uh, USA Australia tonight, 11 o'clock on ESPN2 at the World Lacrosse Men's Championship, the semifinals out in San Diego. Um, Jesse, you guys were tested uh, in the group stage, right? Like, there were some real battles in there. What did you take from that? And and it, you think it was a good thing to, to get that reminder? Like, we go back to 2018, and, you know, you guys haven't won every gold medal every time. Was it a good reminder for this group that this isn't just a given, it's not just a birthright that Team USA gets to win the gold every time these things happen? Yeah, no, it's definitely, uh, you know, good experience. Um, you know, the, the international game is, is different. Uh, the rules are different from what a lot of guys are used to. I think there's yeah. six of us that return from the 2018 team, and, you know, there's, uh, there's a lot of talented players out there, whether they're from you know, United States or, you know, Canada or the Haudenosaunee or England or, you know, so on and so forth. So, um, you know, when you, when you get to, to kind of this level and you're playing in a little bit of a different environment with those rules um, and at the same time, you know, you're trying to form your own identity as a team and figure each other out, you know, while, you know, on the fly, um, it, it, it can be a little bit of a challenge and it's definitely, um, you know, not something that you can really overlook you know, anyone or, or, or anything. And, uh, you know, for us, it's just about, you know, taking each game and, and trying to get a little bit better. Obviously you want to be playing your best across um, on the last day. And, and I think for, for the guys, you know, who have been here, we've kind of learned that. And um, listen, you know, you're, you're playing against some of the, the top tier teams, whether it's us or Canada, um, you know, it, it's, you, you got a bullseye on your chest, you know, that's everybody else's Super Bowl to go up against us. And if they can beat us, make a play against us, right. Uh, those are memories those guys are going to remember for a long time. So, um, you know, you just got to make sure every time you step on the field, you know, you're ready to go. Obviously, you know all these guys, right? Like you play with them in the PLL or you coach, you know, Brennan O'Neill. Is there somebody that that maybe has really impressed you in a way, like, you know, I, like, that was even better than you realized they were playing alongside them these last couple of weeks? Ooh, um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, one guy jumps out and you kind of mentioned him, you know, Brennan O'Neill, yeah. uh, you know, he's our, you know, uniquely our only college player on the team. And uh, I think for him, um, you know, off the field, obviously it can be a very intimidating setting, right? He, he's the only college guy and you have some older guys and guys who are playing pro and could be hard to assimilate. And he's definitely a little bit more reserved by nature. So I, I think he's done a great job of kind of coming out of his shell and, and um, you know, some of us kind of pulling that out of him. And then, you know, you just walk alongside him, to, you know, to, to breakfast or you're sitting at lunch with him. And, uh, you know, you realize just how big and strong of a dude he is. And, 
um, you're like, holy cow, you know, the other side of me is like, I got to coach against this guy, you know, in college um, and just the ability he has um, and how he plays the game. I've just been, uh, you know, super impressed with obviously usually being on the other side, sure. side of the field. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but now, you know, just seeing him and how he operates, uh, you know, obviously a talented player as everybody knows, but just a great kid as well. You've, by the way, have you thought about that? Like you might have to defend him like next summer yeah. in the PLL, <laughs> yeah. right? Like that could I'll be worry, a nightmare. I'll worry about that. Yeah, I get I'll worry it about that when we get there. I understand that. I totally get it. Um, Jesse, I, you know, it's interesting to me. Have you had a conversation? Have you, have you had, so obviously the last time around you got to do it with Jake, right? Now it's, just, it's so cool yep. that you guys are coaching together. Did you maybe like grab Jerry by the neck and say, "Hey, dude, if you would have just gone into lacrosse, we could have been doing this together this summer." Like, did you have nah, a moment nah. like that? <laughs> nah, he he's been doing some pretty cool stuff himself. Yes. You know, everyone's yes. got their yeah. got their own path and and things. So, uh, so um, no uh, no no hard feelings there. There's no chance that we end up with all three Bernhards on the Maryland staff at some point in the future, is there? <laughs> I don't know. You'd have to ask Coach Tillman. I don't know if can, he could deal can, with all three of us. Can I be honest with you about something? I don't know if anybody's told you this before. This conversation, I, I'm, and I mean this, you're sounding more and more like Coach Tillman, like vocally. I swear. <laughs> have you noticed that at all in your life, just the influence that he's had on you? Uh, yeah, I think, you know, whether it's, you know, people like him or, or, or sounding like my dad, you know. Just, yeah. Uh, you know, it's one of those things as you get older, you know, you hear your parents or, you know, mentors, you know, say things you probably don't like to hear very often. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> next thing you know, you're, you're repeating those things um, pretty fluently. So uh, I think this is, that's just how it goes. Maybe it's a, a compliment myself for, be, for being a good listener. Yeah. You know, by the way, not a bad one to learn from, obviously. He's okay. Yeah. You, you mentioned your dad and I, and I brought that up. I, I was really moved by part of this is, is playing and doing this, you know, on the anniversary of when he passed away. How important is that for you? And I think so many people are familiar with your family story, but to to be able to talk about your dad and to play lacrosse and honor him, like how important has that been for you as you think about that date? And I know how much impact it's had on you and your family. Yeah, it's uh, you know it's it's a tremendous reason you know for you know why I do what I do and and how I do it. Um, so you know definitely leading up to you know this event. Um, uh, a lot of, you know, thought put into that stuff. Um, you know, so, you know, I always kind of got it, you know, with me. Um, but at the same time, you know, while I'm here, just trying to be in the moment. Um, and I said in one of those articles, you know, just try to be where my feet are, you know, not let it kind of overtake me or consume me. Um, you know, which doesn't mean I'm ignoring it, uh, at all. Um, but, uh, but, but very important. You know, my mom's out here. Uh, I have some other family out here, which has been great. great. Uh, my dad actually spent some time in San Diego uh, ways back. Um, so have some, you know, friends of his that are still in the area that I've been able to connect with and meet and, you know, reminisce on some old stories, which has uh, just been super cool. I know I, I very much appreciate it. And I think it's, uh, I think it's been good for them too. I think it's been healthy and, um, you know, they've enjoyed just kind of being able to talk about it and share those stories. Um, and, uh, I think that's just, you know, something that, uh, you know, I'll be able to, you know, add to my experience, you know, being out here. And what about being a father yourself? What about that part of side of it? Right? Like, how, yeah, how, yeah. How, it's, uh, it's a nice curveball in there. <laughs> what, what is it done perspective wise for you, um, in your life? And, and, and maybe is there something that you already know about yourself as a dad that you're like, Oh, that's, that's my dad. I know, I know where that's coming. I know it's. I know it's still very new, but like, you know, have you, no have you noticed anything yet? 
Uh, I'm not sure. That'd probably be a better question for my wife. Okay. Um, but, uh, but yeah, just, uh, you know, obviously very excited. Um, you know, it's a, it's a great time in my life with my, for myself and my wife, Aaron, um, you know, to, to, to have, you know, our son Jace now and, um, you know, obviously taking the field last night, um, you know, for the first time as a dad, as the guys that's kind of been busting my chops about a little bit in a very <laughs> kind-hearted way. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's been good, you know, it's been good. And, um, you know, a lot of FaceTimes back and forth and, sure. um, you know, same thing, trying to, you know, obviously be there and, and, and support her. And then at the same time, I've, you know, when you step between the lines, you know, I got to make sure my focus is, is here on these guys. Um, you know, that's what I committed to. Um, so I gotta, you know, make sure I'm, I'm, I'm all in for, for what the team needs, um, you know, while, while those lights are on. So, uh, but, uh, but yeah, super excited. Um, you know, they joke around, maybe I got some dad strength now. So, so we'll see. Hey man, it's real. I can tell you, I got an eight year old and a six year old. There's just something, it's something I don't know how to explain. And I'm not even an athlete like you are. And I'm telling you, it's real. It's definitely (laughs) real. Uh, uh, Jesse Bernhardt, happy for you, man. We'll be even happier when you guys are celebrating a gold medal on Saturday night, obviously. That'll be even happier. But um, congratulations on that. Uh, great start to this. Go get him the night against Australia and whoever you guys would play if you guys make it. I'll make sure I say if to not cause any uh, uh, consternation there. Uh, congratulations, and thanks for taking the time for us. We really appreciate it, yep. dude. Thanks for having me on, always. Jesse Bernhardt uh, with us here on GCR, of course, a Maryland legend and a defense coordinator for the Terps and a part, big part defensively of Team USA. So they got Australia tonight, and then uh, the championship would be, or the gold medal game would be Saturday night at 7 o'clock. Uh, the other semifinal tonight is Canada and Haudenosaunee, and both those teams really gave the U.S. Like, the U.S. comfortably beat Australia in the uh, group stage. But both those teams, I think one of those games was a one-goal game or a two-goal game, and the other was a three-goal game, something like that. They were both very close games, so either of those could be a real test in the gold medal game on Saturday. All right, why don't we do this? Why don't we get take a break, and then when we come back, we're going to put Carson on the spot. Did this cockamamie experiment actually work? Did we find some value in this hack? We'll see. We'll find out. That'll be next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Another exciting weekend of affordable family fun at Prince George's Stadium with the Bowie Bay Sox. It's our Independence Weekend celebration starting on Friday the 30th with our Pride Night. A special ticket package gets you a Bay Sox rainbow hat. And then July 1st through 3rd, major fireworks shows each and every night with a special jersey auction on sale. Get your tickets now by calling 301-805-6000 or anytime online at baysox.com. The Bowie Bay Sox, let us be your nine-inning vacation. The All-America Senior Game, powered by New Balance, will be back at Johns Hopkins Homewood Field on July 29th. The most decorated girls and boys lacrosse players in the country have been invited to play in what is the premier lacrosse event of the year. Every college coach wants their players in this game, and if you dream of being in this game, you start by trying out for one of your regional underclass teams this summer. The best against the best. Get your tickets now at allamericalacrosse.com. Are you a diehard O's fan looking for the perfect way to show your team spirit? Look no further than Birdland Sports. Birdland Sports is a small business run by fans for fans. They offer a wide variety of unofficial O's merchandise from the Birds Are Coming tees to player cartoon shirts and more. And the best part? Their prices are more affordable than the big guys. So head to BirdlandSports.com and grab your gear today. Show your support for the Birds with Birdland Sports. 
The latest edition of Pressbox is available now. On the cover, Dave Ginsburg remembers Goose as he looks back on the impact that late Tony Saragusa had both on and off the field here in Baltimore. Plus, he explains how Goose's kids are working to continue that legacy with the Goose Flights program. Also inside, Todd Karpovich profiles the path Tyler Wells has taken to becoming a star in the Orioles rotation. And you'll find a special summer travel guide with information about events and activities throughout the state. Pressbox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the O's, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich, hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Hey, O's fans, cheer on the Orioles against the Minnesota Twins at 7.05 on Friday, June 30th at Camden Yards. Be one of the first 20,000 fans, 21 and over, to receive an Orioles floppy hat presented by Miller Lite and enjoy a fun-filled floppy Friday at the yard. Don't miss out on one of your favorite giveaways and stay post-game for the Birdland Summer Music Series presented by Miller Lite with DJ Diesel, a.k.a. Shaquille O'Neal. Purchase your tickets today at Orioles.com tickets. It's a Maryland thing you wouldn't understand. Where the waves meet the shore, you will find Dorchester County. Hi, this is Jimmy Charles. When I think of Maryland, I think Dorchester County on the eastern shore where it's open for making memories. Dorchester County, it's a Maryland thing. For more info, visit www.visitdorchester.org. It's a Maryland If you miss anything on the show, don't forget that you can watch full episodes at youtube.com slash pressboxonline, and you can download podcasts on Apple, iTunes, Amazon, and Grindr. Wait, did I say Grindr? I don't think that you would find it on Grindr. Not that I know it's on Grindr or anything, I swear! Second thought, you know what? I don't care what you think. Here's Glenn. All right, back in here on GCR as we wind down on this Thursday edition of the program. Uh, by the way, more so at y- yesterday it was Adam Schefter put out kind of a vague tweet about more gambling suspensions likely coming, and we now know the first of that group just because this person chose to make it public. Uh, Titans right tackle Nicholas Petit Frere who is their starting right tackle, so that's relevant because uh, he will miss the game against the Ravens in London. Uh, He has told ESPN that he is one of the players that will be receiving a six-game suspension. Um, He says he bet. He did not bet on football, but he filed bets within the team facility, and that's why he's getting the suspension. And that's He's saying he just, for as much information as they got, he did not know that was part of the rules. I can understand that. I also can understand why the NFL is saying, dude, there's nothing we can do. These are the rules. We're telling you, you can bet on other sports, but you can't do it here because we have to show there is a clear separation between the NFL and betting. And it seems over the top, there will be plenty of people who will be like, dude, really? You, you know, you're spending a guy because he bet on a basketball game while he was, you know, where he was. That's the rule. It's just, it can't be that hard. It's six games. It's not the end of the world. He didn't bet on football. You bet on football, it's going to be a lot more than six games. 
It's going to be a lot more than six games. But I get where the NFL is coming from. Like They have to show that there is a separation between the league and betting. So that's the first one. It's totally possible that you never know who could end up being on the list because Adam Schefter said there was another round of suspensions coming. We just know that's the first one so far. I don't have a strong... Like I think there will be people that will try to make it seem the NFL is making all this money off of betting, but dude, it's not hard. They have to show to America that what they're doing is not influenced by gambling. So they have to put policies in place. One of those policies is you can't bet within the facility. Somebody would say, well, what, what difference does it make if a guy bets on a basketball game, whether he's, I get it, but that's the policy they put in place. And I understand the thought behind the policy, which is no one inside an NFL facility is going to be involved with betting. I get it. That's their way of attempting to show the NFL isn't overtaken by gambling. So that's, that's the way it works. And if there's a Ravens player whose name comes up on the list for something similar, I'm not going to, you know, I, I'll understand it. I don't think Nicholas Petit Frere is a terrible person or an awful, you know, I, I don't suddenly think he's throwing football games, but that's the way it goes. All right. So which one? Yeah, yeah. Here we go. Carson. This one. The, the, the redemption tour. This one was not paper towel. Okay. That one was not paper towel. Yes. That's certainly a drinkable beer. This one is paper towel. Well, that's definitely colder. There's oh, no question man. about that. All right. So that is definitely busted. That is definitely colder. There's no question. That's this is actually not paper towel. A paper towel. Oh. Yeah, it's oh, a more man. significant a nice, difference. Nice I, actually, I actually noticed a difference too. Yeah, there is a more significant difference. <laughs> <laughs> difference ready to pop open the beer. Well, it's not radio. You're actually allowed to do yeah. that. Um, the dr- that one a definitive difference. You can't do that on radio. Uh, not a, the board op cannot. Oh, okay. Because you have uh, FCC responsibilities. Mm. Whoever is running the board has obligations to the FCC, so you're not allowed okay. to do it. Yeah, good to know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> Don't get drunk at work on Saturday. Um, yeah, that, success. That's, okay. That's, I'll call that a thing. Sweet. I'll call that a thing. Again, I would still say it's a very specific, like the. Well, yeah. It's not actually improving my life as much as like it might improve a circumstance if I happen to be in that situation. Yeah. And I remember I can file it away. I like life hacks that like genuinely can improve your like that pineapple thing. No, I take that back. That wouldn't really improve my life. It would have just been well, a different way of eating. Uh, so do we have to try Old Bay on Natty Light now? If you haven't done that, I don't know. I mean, like, well, live. some people do. With that's, uh, some people do the. It's the. Uh, it's like a what's it uh, called? Michelada or Bo Rita? Yeah, 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 like something like that. Like yeah, every, a lot of people have done that. Um, I don't think we need to. do So that. the exact hack is it's a it's a damp paper towel. Yeah, I I, I mean like you could say wet and just wrap the whole thing in a pa- okay. wet paper towel and put oh, it in wow. the freezer. Now the question is: Is if you come home with a whole case, are you about are you going to wrap, wrap thirty one. beers well, maybe, and put them know. all? Yeah, in you there? know what? You are really making this worse every time you talk about I it. I think this, this might be not, a, well, this might be a six pack. You only need to wrap, yeah, you know, like, a six pack you know, kind of maybe, thing. The first maybe. three or four that you're going to drink. Then the rest, do you think, will be cold enough? By yeah, by the time you finish. Yeah, that's a good point. First couple. I like that. I don't know. I don't know. All right, you get away with this one. Sweet. Here's the other question. So, have you ever attempted to drink beer on ice? Like a a cup with ice and beer yes. in it. Yes. So for a little while, a very popular thing was like the the freeze cup, like the cup that had a layer of like water on the outside that you would put in your freezer, so that in this same circumstance, you could just pour that beer into this freeze cup, and that would work 
to make right. the beer cold. Interesting. And I remember always thinking like it mm-hmm. was close, but not quite. Like it, it would make some of the beer cold, but right. not that all outer of the layer. Beer. Like uh, yeah, I mean, like does that make sense? Like the it inner, just couldn't trap. Like if cold. I stuck my finger through the middle of yeah, the cup, that, that, that beer's probably not I mean, I cold. The way that right you would middle. do that when you would bong a beer, the same and you'd idea. Be convinced that your nose oils would yeah, somehow little yeah, nose right. grease. <laughs> what a weird thing. I, like think about that. I all don't the believe time. in that. We at would all. just rub our no- We would rub our noses and then run it in our beers, and everyone we did are, it. We are everyone, and, and it was it was like you would make well, fun yes. of the kid that didn't know to do it. Yeah. <laughs> like you'd be out at a party and somebody would hand somebody whoa, 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 a beer. What bomb, are you doing? And they just go to me like, dude, what the? You didn't rub your nose. Maybe look at you like, what the hell? And we were convinced that it was a thing. Yeah, you look at that kid like he was the weird oh, one. Oh, 100%. For not going like this. Psychopath that kid was, where the rest of us were like, we're the normies. <laughs> Very weird. Well, it's bit. like, you know, why you keep, uh, you know, pint glasses cold. Um, but I guess. Okay, but how many people, what do you assume you keep pint glasses cold? What do you mean? Well, like you put them in the fridge or, you know, like like at a bar, you keep your pint glasses yeah, in the, in the cold case. Yeah, you attempt to do that. I understand that. And then at home. But like at home, I don't think right, people just yeah. put pint glasses in their freezer. Well, if I remember to and I'm going to be drinking yeah. a beer, maybe it's not going to be cold. I try to I don't know. Think about but it what I'm trying beforehand. to is, is this but, yeah. a better option than other things that you could do for this exact circumstance? I mean, I as opposed to drinking warm I like beer. Cold, yeah. well, a, again, it's a cold. I, Simply as opposed to drinking warm beer, yes. Yeah. But it's quick. It only yeah. took ten minutes. My point is, I could have drank that other beer. Well, that's well, you. that's you though. Yeah, you're down it fast. <laughs> while it's yeah, I mean that's true. You're not gonna though. sit around. <laughs> I understand that. All right, I'll give you. There, what if it's something. a Guinness, Glenn? Like there's you're not just gonna like pound a Guinness. I think I, I think I. But you don't drink Guinness cold. This. I don't. I don't drink Guinness at all, so I wouldn't. That's part of the problem, then. I don't know if you're supposed. I assume you're supposed to drink the blonde, the Guinness blonde cold. Yeah. Which they call. They're gonna keep calling. The Guinness blonde. They're gonna keep calling it Baltimore blonde, despite the fact that it will have nothing to do with Baltimore. Well, they have a Guinness, you know, thing. No, they're they're not gonna produce any of the blonde there anymore. No, really. They're moving it to New York, Mm. and they're gonna keep. How about Brooklyn blonde? No, they're just gonna keep calling it Baltimore blonde. It's the same thing. We're all we're all rubes here. We all continue to no offense. We all continue despite the fact that Natty Bo both A tastes like S and B is has nothing to do with Baltimore anymore. We continue to make it part of our I wear my Baltimore blonde t shirt tomorrow. Show some, wear show your t shirt as much as you want. It's has nothing to do with Baltimore any longer. Long Island we Blonde, should, baby. We should say no. No thank you. It would be like the Colts moving to Indianapolis but being like Let's call them the Baltimore Colts anyway. That's <laughs> when you it's put it, so when you put it stupid. That way. Bit of a stretch. No, it's not. They are not going to. Ha- it has nothing to do with Baltimore any longer. It's Baltimore blonde. It, right. <laughs> Nailed it. Very helpful. So dumb. I don't even know how. I don't think I've ever had a Baltimore blonde because I largely start, stopped drinking by the time they started making it. So I don't even know if it's any good. Natty Bo obviously is not good at all, and yet we still continue to consider it as part of our personality. It's part of our like uh, we think you have it's, to though. No, you don't. You don't. Like you can say, but the Orioles Bay is intrinsic to who we are as a people, right? Sure. They also make it. Right, I yeah, smell it right every there. day. Every day I drive by to the gym, because my gym's in Hunt Valley, I smell them cooking the old bay. People nice. we know, their lives are altered because they employ a lot of people. There is reason why okay. it's good that we have adopted it as part of who we are 
as part of our nature as humans, despite the fact that when also the Orioles were problem. terrible, were they still like an intrinsic part of who they, we are? They were still an intrinsic part of who we are. We still went to games. We still they still employed people. My point. We still. My point. They were here. Uh, Natty Bo's Natty here, Bo though. is not here. It's it tastes like s and it's not here. It would be is the like guy the, still up the face. In the Mr. Bo? Is, he I still, do, is Mr. Bo still God, up? I hate the fact that I do love Mr. Bo. I do hate that. As I long as that, that thing's still winking at night, then I think it's still God. here. <laughs> You're driving home from the Orioles game at night, and you see that. I feel very strongly. Early Whenever somebody says, like, dude, you got to drink that. No, no, I don't. No, I don't. I don't have to do that. It's like it's I like won't. Asgard in, uh, in, you know, with, with Thor. As long as he's... It, it, like, it's, it's a people, not a place. Okay, thank you. Exactly right. Put them all on a spaceship and... God's sakes. All right. Thank you, Carson. I appreciate it. Thank you. Tidbit is brought to you by... Uh, I, wanted to, I mean, I guess... Oh, you wanted to do fighting words. It is fighting words. No, no, no. It's Thursday. We, okay, okay, so quickly. Do a quick uh, right, version right, of fighting right. words. Go ahead. Give me my... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shoot, this you is... Probably should have had it ready if you were the one that wanted to do it. It's fighting words with Riffin Bats. By the way, has this week been drastically worse for the bots on Twitter? Like, I understand that Twitter has been a billion times worse ever. It was never good to begin with. It was always a cesspool. Then this guy took it over and made it 8,000 times worse than that. But this week in particular, the bots are out of control. And he's getting rid of the good bots, too. Like, the like the umpire scorecard. The umpire score, scorecards is back. But the, like, would it dong bot, like, the, which was, like, one of the home run Why like, is bots, that gone? I don't know. I don't know. It was just, because he, like, it was, it's, it's a bot. We're trying to get rid of bots, I oh, guess. For and they got rid of one of the, so there's there's a couple, like, home run bots Jeez. where it's, like, this would be a home run in X number of ballparks. And they got rid of one of them. We just had back-to-back tweets that were liked by Ellie 93101841173 and Ella 693897791192. Oh, shout out Ellie and Ella. They are out of control. God. I am more yeah, and more convinced that this guy has what? never done anything. It's crazy because he headlines fighting words. No, we're not talking about it. I Move mean, on. We're not discussing it on this program. You can do whatever you want in right. your life. I am not giving any attention to that. That is not a thing. All right. Like I don't think it it's going to be a thing either. It's it's not but. a thing. It's not a, even if they announced the date tomorrow. It's not a thing. It's it the, is all it is. The entire world would watch. No, not the entire world I would mean, watch. Everyone like you would watch. You are you think that because it's a representation of you that it reflects the entire world. The majority of us will never care because these aren't interesting people. At least what I'll give Mark Zuckerberg is he created something that we think had right. value, right? Like at least all the other guy is is just a guy whose parents had money who gave him that money and he used that to get in on the ground floor of a bunch of different things and so we have for some reason given him credit for things he had nothing to do with. We're rubes. At least the other guy, at least Zuckerberg created something. Now, that doesn't make him interesting. If you've ever heard him talk, you know he ain't interesting. Nothing about this is interesting to anyone other than the people that just say, if you're famous, I'll watch you fart. And that's who you are. And I love you, but that's it's embarrassing that you would have any interest in that at all. It's embarrassing I mean, on a human level. It, I, it, it's, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's really ridiculous, um, but it would break, you know, it break, like, the the, the, the world would stop to, like, no, watch this. No, the world yes, would not would. stop. You think, think that because you in your world have identified it. The world would not stop to watch it. Not in a, not close. 
You keep like it wouldn't have everyone the re- would want to know what there happens. wouldn't be as I, would people find out afterwards maybe yeah. to think that there would be as many people that would watch that as a college football game would be bat s insane. No, it's not what you think it is. It's just that these are extraordinarily well known people, so you assume that anything they do, or that you assume that like you know social media is the real world. It is not that. It is a fart. It is a pimple on the ass of a fart. I don't even know how that works. It's so embarrassing that any human being cares about this. It is like it is more embarrassing than even the Jake Paul nonsense. It is utterly, we should be ashamed of who we are as a society, that this is something that we would spend time thinking about. Two very uninteresting people doing something they can't do. Zuckerberg trains PJJ. Doesn't I mean. matter. It would be like saying Carson goes out and um, uh, trains, uh, spends an entire year training to play basketball. So we're gonna watch him in a basketball game. Yeah. No. Maybe. Love you. If no. he's going against, you know. For God. You've never seen me shoot. Who trains? No. I don't need the stop training. it. Carson's trained hard for one year. I don't him need versus train. Kevin Durant. They would be destroyed by everyone at ground control. Everyone would murder them. They're not a thing. Zuck's apparently got some belts, yeah. God damn. So stupid. I think Zuck wrote This is the height of stupidity. I I can't believe that we have fallen. It's depraved. It is legitimately, please. The terrorists might have a point. We are lost. Lost. There is uh there would be money to be made I think God, you know go if on. they did this but yeah um who you so you're not gonna pick a winner no I'll pick Zuckerberg got no last weekend uh, was an overall su- success at USC Jacksonville it was a good card uh, entertaining card Josh Emmett and Ilya Tapuria was a very exciting main event um but I, I think it, it's kind of solidified Tapuria will be should be the, get the next shot I think at Volkanovski. Uh, who will fight next weekend at UFC 290 UFC 290 is going to be a stacked card. Um, which is next weekend, so that's exciting. This week's card doesn't inspire a whole lot. It's Sean Strickland versus Abus uh, Magomedov. And I gotta be honest, I've never heard of Abus. Ah, Magomedov. good. Well, if you haven't, then... I thought he was Magomed Magomedov like until Monday, and I was like, oh, this is gonna be sick. Sean Strickland and you know the guy that just challenged for the light heavyweight belt. Okay. And and uh, uh, but then I realized this is a different guy. Oh, all right. Then. Yeah. So uh, all so right. so it's a pretty underwhelming card. There's a guy, Ismael Bonfim, who I'm really excited about. Uh, he debuted at UFC Brazil in January with a flying knee knockout. Pro- might be knockout of the year so far. Okay. Um, so he fights again uh, on Saturday night. Uh, so I'm excited about him. And he might not even be the best Bonfim brother because there's another one, Gabriel Bonfim, uh, who's still undefeated. And he might be the better UFC. He might be the better UFC prospect. I was just thinking that myself. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, I mean, if you're not into it, there is no way to get any other. Yeah. Than I mean, it, it, it's, 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 it's very interesting. I mean, I'm not sure. Like, I, I would think Sean Strickland is over. Like, it's it's going to go, go one of two ways. Uh, Abus Magomedov is either going to get a knockout because he's coming off. This is only a second UFC fight. He had a 19-second knockout back in September, um, which no one saw because it was, like, on, like, the prelims of the France card. Uh, and so now he's headlining. This is his next fight. I'm not sure why it took so long. But, I, but now he's got Sean Strickland in a main event. And Sean, it's going to go either Sean Strickland's going to win a decision in five rounds or Magomedov's going to get a, a crazy knockout in the first or second round. Okay. Um, so 
Otherwise, a pretty underwhelming card uh, in the Bone Fiend Brother, who I'm excited about. Uh, Boxing-wise, Jared Anderson's fighting. This is how they're promoting the fight against Charles Martin. Jared Anderson is fighting former Anthony Joshua opponent, <laughs> Charles Martin. It's not, it's not great. Uh, and then uh, there, there, there's talk of a potential Andy Ruiz and Deontay Wilder fight, uh, as Wilder's kind of calling out Andy Ruiz. Trying to get a. Do we really want that? Like, I know Andy I mean, Ruiz was was exciting because he was fat. Right. But like, is that something that we need, or is it just? Are we saying that because we've heard of both of those people, and so people will, will buy? Probably, them. probably. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Deontay Wilder called him a short, fat T-Rex arm. I mean, uh, 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 you know, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. Trying to get him to take the fight. It, the, the Andy Ruiz wants them to split at fifty-fifty, but Deontay <laughs> Wilder's like, yeah, I'm the guy. I want seventy thirty. Yeah, I don't so know that's about that. What, that's that's the holdup right now. I don't think that's going to um, happen. Yeah. Look, I don't want to take anything away from Andy, Andy Ruiz. Like he he has legitimate wins, obviously. Um, you know, he beat Anthony Joshua. That's a thing that occurred. Right. But I mean, I, stop. <laughs> stop. Ruiz is not that. He's not that guy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I could just use this as a double preview for UFC 290. It's International Fight Week next weekend. Brandon Moreno, Alexandre Pantoja. Are we going to talk too? about that next weekend? Yeah, but this is a really exciting card. So we're going to talk about weekends. it next week. All right, all right. We'll all talk right. about that during Fighting Words next Thursday. Uh, Brendan Allen also fought last weekend. He subbed Bruno Silva, a guy who f- went the distance with Alex Pajera. Um so it kind of shows that Brendan Allen is for real. Um, other thing that kind of makes this interesting is the this weekend's car or fight, at least between Sean. If Sean Strickland is to win, but yeah. now people are kind of questioning his, uh, you know, how locked in he is, like how much he really cares about this fight. Because that's okay. the thing that he does is that sometimes he'll just sh- not, not show up okay. <laughs> and like not really care. And he'll like say that after the fight. He'll be like, yeah, guys, I'm sorry about that. I just I didn't really care this week. <laughs> Which That's is crazy. Awkward. Yeah. Awkward. Um, but if he were to win, it it could he they could throw him in against uh, against Israel Adesanya. Um, hopefully, hopefully, because Drake is two plus C and Robert Worker fight next weekend, so it'll likely be the winner of that fight. Although the problem is, no one wants to see Whitaker fight Izzy for a third time, and so hopefully Duplessis wins, or I guess Sean Strickland, because they're not going to give a boost Michael Madoff. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, All right. it's anyway. kind of a problem. Here's what I want you to do, when, especially with these these lesser cards in the future. I want you to focus more on like betting. How can make okay. it make it okay. interesting for people? For like, how can they? How can we win some money? All right. Like I don't. We, it's like when the things matter, when the topics matter. That's one thing. But like when the topics don't matter, help me make some money. Okay. Give, give me something okay. because you're just saying, hey, crappy card on Saturday yeah. night. It's not really doing. Sean Strickland is the me. favorite right now. Um, so I think there would be. I, it, pretty good value play for I, for a boost model. Okay, so you're saying yes. it might be worth throwing a couple bucks yeah, that way? Yeah. All right. Um All right. certainly by knockout. Just be- I, I like that. Just because you don't you think yeah, there's, just a there's a chance Sean Strickland, Strickland doesn't, doesn't Yeah. It yeah. I know that to, otherwise I go him by decision. Uh, Bal- Baltimore's by own uh Franchon Cruz has a fight this weekend. She's fighting in England, but I don't I don't know if it's even on uh, pay-per-view. It's a title fight, but I don't I don't know if it's even on a pay-per-view or anything. So um that's that. All right. Uh very good. That's a fighting yeah, words. Yeah, fighting, fighting words. Now, thank you very much. Now a tidbit. Tidbit is brought to you by your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Tidbits. Oh, by the way, uh, Ella and Ellie have now been joined by Amelia, so just You're killing it great. with the ladies. Yeah, you really week. are. The they love Scotty McGregor yeah, and what he's cleaning, talking about. Cleaning up, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Shohei Otani, so this was Tuesday night. Uh, I mean, he's ridiculous. Two home runs. He had 10 strikeouts. Uh, it is only the sixth time that that has ever happened that a player has had it's 10 insane. strikeouts, two home runs. I can't believe it's happened six times. Yeah, I know. I can't believe it either. Uh, do you want to try to name any of the guys? That Babe Ruth. Not Babe Ruth. 
Uh, was did CC Sabathia do whatever? I don't CC think he had two home it, runs. Yeah. I, like now you got to think about the guy. Like, there are two Ho- guys. Jose Lima was a really good hitter. Not Jose Lima. Two uh, guys that I guess one of them is not active pitching anymore, but one of them still an active pitcher. One of them pitched as recently as a year ago. I National League pitchers, obviously, who would who would have hit? I would have guessed Mike Hampton. So no. Uh, hit two home runs. National League pitchers hit two home runs. Clayton Kershaw. No. Cliff Lee. Not Cliff Lee. Uh, did Cliff Lee, did, he could swing a little bit. I watched him hit a home run in person one time. Wow. That's kind of nuts. Uh, I don't know who. I don't. I just don't even know. Current it. Royals pitcher. Grant. Uh, Grant. Yes. Zach How about Madison Bumgarner? And Madison Bumgarner. Yeah, he was a yes. little bit of a. 2017, hitter. Mad Bum did uh, two home runs and ten strikeouts. Zach Greinke in 2019. Had a 10 strikeout two home run game. He also joins Rick Wise, Pedro Ramos, and Milt Pappas. Is the only Pappas. Sick. That's oh, what I said. No, it's not what Pappas. you said. Pappas. Domingo German did throw a no hitter, or uh, sorry, a perfect game. Domingo Herman. What? Same German. Thing. It's not the same thing. Uh, he became the third pitcher outside, born outside of the United States, to throw a perfect game in Major League Baseball history. He joins uh, Martinez. Dennis Martinez. Yeah. Marischal. Nicaraguan born. Felix not, Hernandez. Not not Marischal. Oh, yeah. Yes, and Felix Hernandez. Venezuelan born Felix well Hernandez. Done. Look at you. There well we go. Done. Very nice. Uh, it is the first perfect game since Felix did it in 2012. 3,969 days between perfect games is the longest gap uh, in, or the second longest gap between perfect games since the 4,755 day span from 1968 to 1981 when Catfish Hunter threw a no hitter in 1968. Followed by Len Barker in 1981. It feels like it should have an asterisk because they faced the Oakland Athletics, but you think so? Nature of the beast. That's the way it goes. Um, and it was also the fifth least amount of pitches needed in a no hitter. He only threw 99 pitches last night uh, since 1990. Do you want to try to name the guys, the four other guys? With Say that one more time. Least amount of pitches since least 19, amount of pitches since 1990 to throw to a perfect game. Throw a perfect game. All right, David Cohn. David Cohn. Did have the least since how 1990. Do you, how do you know that? I know a lot. Of, I know a lot about baseball. David I Cone. understand that, but that's such a random thing. Well, I was just like thinking perfect game since 1990. Oh, so you didn't know that he had the fewest pitches. You no, were I was just. No. I was okay. just like, you know what? Like the way that you said that made it seem like you knew that that no, was the no. answer. I wish. Holy f! I could have played 80, that off, but <laughs> 88 um, pitches in 1999 for David Cohn. I, how many? 88 pitches. Again, that's crazy. I, I can only go with guys that I know have thrown perfect games, so I have no idea. Uh, Randy Johnson. Uh, not Randy Johnson. Did Roy Halladay throw Johnson a perfect 117. game? Randy Johnson, 117. He yeah. did. It was like 112 for Roy. 115. Uh, Birdley threw a perfect game. He did. He needed a lot more. Oh, 116. Right. Dallas Brayton. No, that was a no-hitter, I think. Or no, was Dallas Brayton threw a no That was what was kind of cool. Is Dallas Brayton was on the call for the uh, A's. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Calling a perfect game. Um, Dallas Brayton had more pitches. It was on Mother's 109. Day. 109. It was on Mother's Day. Remember that one, too? I was like, Mom, I'm going to throw a perfect game for you one day. Uh, <laughs> how's that working out? Did not happen. No? Men's league. He's got the yeah. – there's a chance. He pitches sometimes. Never know, never know. Let's try Dennis Martinez. Dennis Martinez, indeed. Okay. He had nice. 95 pitches Ooh. in his perfect game. Uh, Felix for – No, Felix needed a, quite good. a few. He threw one. That's a smart play. 113. Uh, I don't remember who else threw perfect game. That's what I'm trying to think as well. Had a White Sox pitcher, which is one – That's did not Did it earlier in 2012. No. Oh. Yeah. Which is the one that everyone kind Gavin of Floyd? Not Gavin Floyd. Jake Peavy. Not Jake Peavy. Now it's just guessing who yeah. this guy oh, was. Oh, now we're just doing White Sox pitchers. Yeah. yeah. I'm not. I'm left-handed or right-handed? He is. I think he's a righty. Oh, boy. Yeah, he's a righty. I don't know. Shields. Philip Humber. 
Oh, God, oh my lord! Guy. He threw a perfect game in 2012, April 21st, 96 pitches. All right, and then also Kenny Rogers. Ah, the gambler. <laughs> yes. Ah, the old gambler. Um, yeah. So all right, we... I have one for you. Okay. Um, Shohei Otani has now three times in his career hit a home run while hitting second in the lineup. There have been five pitchers in baseball history. That have hit home runs while hitting second in the lineup. I'm not going to attempt to make you guess all of them. Baby. Shohei Otani has done it three times. Danny Graves have done it. Has done it. Guillermo Moda has done it. Skip Lockwood has done it. And this former Orioles pitcher. Oh no! But he didn't do it while he was an Oriole. Okay. Because you know, there would be limited opportunities yeah. for that. Yeah. Batting second. Batting second. Former Orioles pitcher. I was looking into why that would have been the case. It was a double switch that led to him. Did Jason Hamill ever go mm-hmm. deep? Uh, I, I he might have, but he's not the not guy. In, and not in the second spot, yes. obviously. Hmm. Former Oriole reliever Arthur Rhodes. Not Arthur Rhodes, but good guess. It was an Oriole. Greg reliever. Olson. Greg Olson is the answer. Wow, <laughs> nice. Greg Olson. Nice. Um, for when he was with the Arizona Diamondbacks. In 1998, he played, played the Florida Marlins April 20th of 1998, and a double switch led from Andy Fox, who had been the second baseman, um, being pulled out of the game to be replaced by Andy Stankiewicz, at which point the pitcher spot moved to second. Greg Olson took it over. He had two at-bats, including a two-run homer. So how about wow. that? How about Greg, Greg Olson and Shohei Otani, two guys that – yeah. Names are synonymous. Yeah. They're very, very similar. Did the same thing. Tubular brought to you by PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. PressBox is offering new sports bettors the best sign-up bonuses and promos from the seven legal online sports books here in Maryland. Go to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers now and get offers like $150 in bonus bets from DraftKings. After you place your first $10 bet or up to $1,250 in bonus bets from Caesars, Time is limited to get the best offers from all of the sports books. Go to pressboxonline.com slash offers and sign up today. Here's what's coming up totally tubular-wise this evening. As I mentioned, the All-Star Starter Announcement Show, uh, 7 o'clock on ESPN. Adley Rutschman was trailing. Voting has closed. We will see what happens. ESPN 2 for the World Lacrosse Championship semifinals. Haudenosaunee in Canada at 8, followed by USA-Australia at 11. Baseball today, MLB Network, Padres Pirates, 12 right now. Yankees Athletics, 3.30, Astros Cardinals at 7, Dodgers Rockies at 10, ESPN Plus raised D-backs at 3.30, MLB TV, Brewers Mets at 7. Gold Cup tonight, Cutter and Honduras at 7.45, Haiti and Mexico at 10, both on Fox Sports 1. Uh, WNBA action on Amazon, New York Liberty, Vegas Aces at 10, NBA TV, Indiana Fever, Phoenix Mercury at 10, CBS Sports Network, Minnesota Lynx, Seattle Storm at 10, Golf Channel for round one of the PGA's Rocket Mortgage Classic at 3 o'clock, and Axis TV for Impact Wrestling at 8. Anything non-sports-wise? Uh, tonight there's a new show on Hulu called Secret Chef. It's like a cross between, well, I don't know why they called it a cross between Love is Blind and Top Chef, because okay. I don't know what the love has to do with it, but it's a, the I'm interested with the Love is Blind part. Yeah, I don't think it actually has any, I don't know why, so, I saw right. someone else describe it that way. It's a good show. Yeah. So nothing then. Um... <laughs> Well, there was actually a lot last night. Uh, that, that of course there was. Yeah, there was. Yeah. Uh, there was the Netflix uh, the series, uh, The Muscles and Mayhem. Oh, this is the story. other American yeah. Gladiators. So apparently some of these people hated that guy Johnny Ferraro so much that they refused to be involved with the 30 for 30 because mm-hmm. Johnny Ferraro was involved with it. And so they made their own documentary 
I think Nitro is the guy that was at the center of this one. Like, gotcha. About American I Gladiators. I really don't know anything about American Gladiators, ah, unfortunately. American Gladiators was everything. Um, but yeah, it looks interesting. I, mean, I it watched, looks crazy. I watched the 30 for 30. It was The first episode I thought was great. The second one was more about like Johnny Ferraro and his business partner. And like that's a compelling story, but nobody really gives a rat's ass. We like the show and the Gladiators and all that. That's the yeah. part that we like. Yeah, so this one might be better. Maybe, maybe. it looks like there's more Gladiator, maybe, maybe. Uh, and then also hijack a new show on Apple TV. It looks actually looks kind of sick. Idris Elba is on oh, a plane. Oh, I did see that. Yeah. yeah, it looks like plane, but like a TV series, and he yeah. is stopping a hijacking essentially because right. thank God he is the greatest negotiator in the world. I'm for it during this hijacking. So I guess the entire series is like it's like a six hour flight, essentially is what the and I guess the whole like season is them you know trying to stop trying to get off the plane. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, looks interesting. Uh, good news, it's th- no Ravens involved in the uh, suspensions. The NFL okay, announced them today. Uh, Isaiah Rogers and Rashad Berry from the Colts have been suspended for the entire season. So has whoever Demetrius Taylor is, who is currently a free agent, and then the one that you me- that we mentioned earlier, Petit Frere of the Titans for six games. So that's it. That's yeah. the list. i got to give my friend a shout-out. He had the best one. He said Domingo or Herman should have no-hit his wife. I get the sentiment, but I don't like the joke just yeah. because it's not a joke. Anyway, anyway, is that it? Yeah, You're good. <laughs> Way to end on that. <laughs> thanks to everybody. Thanks today to uh, Jesse Bernhardt. Thanks to Scotty McGregor. Thanks to Alex Fam and to our greatest American champion Joey Chestnut. We'll get all that up in the greatest hits section of the. Oh my God, it's so good. Tab at GlennClarkRadio.com. Tomorrow, Stan the Fan will join us. Yes. Mark DeRosa from yes. MLB Network will join us. Uh, Aberdeen, Dylan Beavers. Dylan Beavers yes. is going to join us. And we'll preview the Twin Series. All right, yeah. that's all coming up tomorrow on the program. Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including Live Casino and Hotel, Glory Days Grill, Dorchester County, Bowie Bay Sox, Royal Farms, Costa Sin, All-American Lacrosse, Baltimore Orioles, Birdland Sports, Easy Pass MD, your local Toyota dealer, and buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass is how you follow him. Thanks to Carson at Carson Ware with an I. Follow us at Glenn Clark Radio, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Have a great Thursday night. Go Team USA. Duke sucks.